Now you said Jeremy Lin. What what are they doing? So the, the coronavirus shit. Right, but like what well, bunch of shit. It's not so much the action that gets me hot. Yeah. People gonna do dumb shit forever. You know what I mean? It's the discourse and how society takes the shit in that burns me up. And when Jeremy Lin said that players was calling him coronavirus on the court or whatever, and he said basically age, yeah, it is funny, but it's fucked up. It's like if somebody was to start calling black people sickle cells. Like, come on, man. Like, it's Niggas funny, but that come bull on. Right now. It's, it's low-hanging fruit. Like, why? Yeah, that's corny like, as shit. Right, that's what I was saying. When I first saw I'm like, corny. yeah, corny as shit. Even if it was like, you could say Oh, that's it's somewhat funny. It's like this, it's like a corny ass funny. It's like that that sixth grade funny you find and shit. Yeah, that's a, a chuckle. Yeah, it's like oh. <laughs> I mean, they still mad at him for his first season. <laughs> that's what they mad about. So, hey, let Donald man, Trump had too much influence. Right, calling shit kung flu in the. Uh, I hate niggas, bro. I don't give a fuck. Kung flu is funny. <laughs> that's that's better than calling somebody coronavirus. Like straight up. Yeah. Not even COVID 19. They called him coronavirus. Not even SARS 2. Just straight no, up coronavirus. coronavirus. <laughs> and right now he did the amicable amicable thing where he didn't uh drop any names or didn't say whoever. Like he didn't go out there and snitch. He just said, hey, this boys is what's going on. Right, so the uh, NBA G League is doing their own internal investigation to figure out, you know, the shit that'll go down. You know, like if somebody was to start being a racist on the court towards black people, the same shit they would do. Talking but about some nigger, 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 nigger. Right, like they went and got Don, Donald Sterling up out the paint, shit like that. But right. the, this, this is the side first that was met with backlash. People was first, black people in particular were laughing at him even harder when he said shit was happening. I'm like. Really, after the year we just went through, y'all want to say someone's not a- allowed to experience racism or deal with racism? Right. It's like, are you or serious even, at this point? Or even voice y'all playing. Then these are the same black folk that turn around and be like, yeah, I'm not racist or I can't be racist. Shit like that. And then they, the first chance they get is they do shit like this. Uh-huh. Or um, what was the other one? The, the other one that burnt me up was that Asians somewhere in Asia at one point in time or currently are racist. So therefore, Jeremy Lin does not get to point out times people in America were racist to him. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Your face says it all. It's like saying because black people have shot other black people, we can't point out instances of police brutality. It's right. fucking ridiculous, right? They try to but, negate the fact that people struggle based on how they view us. As if you allowed to have... Then they start having the struggle Olympics where it's like, all the shit we've been through, we allowed to... Be hey, but how about we went through this shit over here? And, right. Bro, we all dumbass, dumbass reductive argument as if it helps yeah. anyone. Very yeah. redundant. Very. And you get sickles trying to compare the Holocaust to cattle slavery. It's like, what do you gain from this? Right. What is the gun from this? Both of y'all gonna end up looking like flaming racists and apologists for whatever happened. That's a fact. Cancel culture is at its highest. And if and most of the part when it comes to Asian and the Jewish community when our people try to dismiss their plight, it ends up coming off as jealousy because very how, jealous how they succeeded despite the fact that we're still being held down. So they just end up sending reserves like Jewish people got all this power now, or they're like Asian people are so smart. Da, 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 da. It's, it's, like, it's it's definitely jealousy. They just mad that those cultures took what they had, the struggle they've been through, and broke generational curses. 
they building a legacy for their families and actually leaving something for their kids. All we yeah. do is just try to pull each other down. Like I was having this well, conversation. Yeah, no, for real. All that talking shit don't mean nothing. I was having this conversation the other day. I was saying black people love to whine and bitch about how white people will never let you in the door. But when one of us actually gets through the door, all we do is pull each other back on bullshit ass hood politics. Or gatekeep. Where shit? I don't understand that. They, I don't get right, it. Like- the mentality is if another person start eating, somehow that's taking food off your plate. We don't only people that feel that way. They get money together. Yeah, I'm about to say they have mastered group economics yeah. and at-home discipline. Shit, like, white people embodied Atlanta. And Jewish, and the Jewish community, I think group economics and has been mastered to the T where they have like the ideal pipeline of group economics where it's like, hey, if I don't got the money to go buy this property, I'm going to go tell my man down the street because at the end of the day, it, the money yeah. is coming back. Whereas yeah. black people are like, no, I ain't gonna tell nobody. Let shit me hide this shit. Let me see. Like, but then it's, it's going, and white people resource. bought it. Yep. Right. Oh, shit like that. Or they'll sell to the white man and go work with uh, not to demonize white people at the moment. Just saying that catch all terms. Facts is facts. They go sell, or they'll sell to, or do business with um, Merkowitz. Right. Someone outside of our ethnic group. Let's say that someone outside of our yeah. ethnic group because it has a somewhat more vested trust or whatever. And I'm not saying. Someone should guilt trip you into buying or selling blacks. I think that's equally as bad as only selling to white people, or only giving white people. Let but me throw some stereotypes. Very clear that we have group economics is very low in our ethnic group. I agree because all right, when black people try to stereotype other races, you ever notice it's never really an insult. No, I'm I'm a fuck with this Jewish dude. He probably know how to deal with money. I'm going to fuck with this Jewish dude. He probably know how to build the business. He can account my money. You know what I'm saying? It's like you stereotyping them, but you're making them smarter than us every time. Right. And every time y'all end up trying to dismiss someone else's plight or peddle this victim narrative that African-Americans, American descendants of slavery or even uh, domesticated Africans have, y'all end up making us look weak as hell. By, by, by. I don't know if y'all notice that shit when it leaves y'all mouths. They so know. Like they we were know. just helpless and... The white man happened to us, and we just never been able to rebound for, for two, 20 some odd centuries. I agree, because with the Jewish yeah. folks, they've been on this for north of 50 years at this point. They've been building. We got a stranglehold on music and entertainment, and somehow, some way, we have not been able to turn that shit into a pipe. Capitalize it, yep. Right. That, um, you know, that fucking stereotype why you're not a doctor yet in the Asian community? That shit is I real. You, you listen to Asian people talking about it. They talk about the pressure that family put on them to one be disciplined, to one be successful with their education resources. That's yeah. why they come here to do it. It's very real. Whereas in, I don't, I don't really know. It's like defeatist, or it's like dismissive when you have like an out of box dream. Or yeah, you talking about in uh, in Asia overall? I'm talking about for us now. Whereas in like in Asian American uh, communities and households, it's a real pressure to either. Oh grow- hell yeah. That's why you see the family cycle through in the Chinese store. It'll yeah. be like the same family, but it'll be different generations. Just different people. You saw the kids grow up. Bro, I yeah. went to school with somebody. I did, bro. Then by the time I got my age to go to college, he was working in the Chinese store. Now, people like to make fun of that, but it's like stepping into the, the family business at that point. It's like you working at your dad's tire shop. Just no different to them. Let me give you an example. I'll be Now, this is a real life example. I'm sitting on a stoop with one of my niggas. One of my old heads walked down. He, he see one of the uh, the Chinese families was going on vacation, so they closed their store for a couple of days. I think they right. was going home. He walked down, 
He said, man, these fucking, this is exactly what he said. He said, man, these fucking chinks, all the money we spend in their stores, we raising their kids and putting them through college. But hold up, let me go buy something before they leave. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Exactly. See? Exactly. I, I, I look at it as though everything we say is so jealous. It's like, um, it gives off that air of jealousy and we have ways out. We just, we some choose to not do it. Like home discipline, where it's like people love to uh, say white privilege is like a gateway to success, but in all metrics, the biggest gateway to success and uh, uprooting your economic class is having a two parent home. And yeah. that's something yeah. we can control. You know, it's shit we can control discipline at the household, making sure you're not in fractured homes or demonizing the other sexual uh, or other gender. I can't find the fucking right word now, but not demonizing the other party for the sake of whatever. You know, basically having a struggle Olympics to prove who deserves what or why somebody isn't whatever. I actually have a household on that. Oh, finish, you, finish your thought if you if you had more to say. I was just about to run down the list. You know, shit like having a solid house, home, having discipline, that infrastructure, shit we can control that is can un, effectively unaffected by white people. That's something that's in our hands that we can control. I agree, but we just we need something to complain about. Encouraging and empowering our youth to be whatever they want to be, and not just yeah. you know when you hear and actually put it into practice because you know the whole we need representation things so black kids could do whatever. Yeah. That lip service that we put on the white companies like Disney, like Fox or whatever, we could do that in the household that was someone right. would be like, um, I, mom, I want to, uh, I want to join the Navy or whatever. I'm like, you don't want to do that white job, some shit like that. And it's like, yeah, just shot what if that's thing. really what I wanted to do? Right. Now, our, oh, the best example is you, if you have a black child say they want to be a first responder. Let a black mm-hmm. child say, I want to be a cop. They look at you like, what the fuck? Nigga? Like, they look at you like a coon at age six. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're a racist. That's trainer. really what they want to do. And truth be told, that may be the way to fix the uh, police. The, uh, if you raise him right and put him in people, there, he can spread that shit. Now, on an individual cop level, he might not have an impact you would think one would have. Of course have, not. Let's say he goes up the ranks and becomes a police chief, and now he's running the district. Of the neighborhood that he grew up in. Now, they got to tighten up. Right. But exactly. before I lose my thought, this was what I was about yeah, to say. Shoot. You were speaking on the infrastructure of the, uh, the families in the home. I was having this conversation with my mom again the other day. I was like, um, we was watching some, oh, we was watching Claudine with uh, Diane Carroll and James Earl Jones. So he was, we was watching about like, uh, no, for real. <laughs> we was talking about how, uh, Black mothers that was raising so many kids by themselves always had to duck duck and dodge, basically dealing with dudes just to be on welfare and all of that. I was just saying right. the difference between then and now is the dynamic of love has changed. The world has evolved so far technolo- technologically that nobody needs anybody anymore. Back then when you had black couples, they had struggle that they shared. So when you found your person, y'all shared your life together. Y'all build something and survive through the pain together. Nowadays, it's so easy to move on to the next. You don't got to stay with nobody. I think um, I agree, agree with you saying, but not for the uh, explanation. I think I feel like I can explain it better. Um, uh, America was built really misogynist at one point in time, but not in the, the sense that like men were holding down women, but it was like the man was a household. That's the reason why men pay a, a disproportionate amount at alimony and child support because it's assumed the man should take care of the family that he established. But now with 
uh, female empowerment, women's suffrage, now that they're encouraged to have their own livelihoods and careers and their own independence and all time, you don't have to sit down and wait on some who I'm gonna just say might have been cheating, might have been beating her, who doing whatever, whatever she didn't want to agree with, but she had to t- suck it up because for the sake of the family and his need of income, knowing how hard it be as a woman to go out and get on her own. Nowadays, you don't need that. So now the woman can go essentially be the head of the household, make all the money or whatever. Well, and I get plus what you're with saying. Social media, that's what I just said. That's I'm not well, trying to speak on the fact media. that I get that women want to be independent. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking okay. about the fact that it's got ingrained in the culture nowadays. It's literally everywhere you go, everything you hear, movies, TV, music, is always if you don't like where you at, find another one. Move on to the next. Move that nigga to the left. Go to the right. It's, it's put on us now that you don't have to be with any one person. If you feel like the love is fading, nah, fuck you. I want to fuck with this person. Nowadays, as far as technology has come, I can be here in Harrisburg and be in a relationship, air quotations, with somebody that's in Asia. It's not like before where we was all confined to the neighborhood we was in. It wasn't no technology. We was just starting to see phones and shit, you know? We're, yeah. we're the circle that you in, this is the life that you build with who's around you. Nowadays, you got the world in your hands. Yeah. People don't need one person no more. It's a billion they people. They inside the social. Yeah, people the, like, just want to have fun. That's what I was trying to say. Family is pushed away from you now. They don't want fathers to stay in the family. Fuck everybody you want. That's what's promoted in all our music. Definitely in our music. Definitely That's what I'm trying music. to say. We, we lead the culture, but we leading it wrong. Not saying you shouldn't. No, go ahead. I think it happened as like a uh, unintended consequence of like welfare, though, and this is something that the very community deals with uh, very strongly. Whereas, like welfare in a roundabout way was intended to help you know single mothers, disjointed families, as a kind of band aid over what uh, the war on drugs did to the black home. We can definitely talk about that. Hell yeah! But what ended up happening was it incentivized single motherhood where it's like you better not have you a have house to do that or you better have a, a, a pretty much a shit job because it's better to be piss poor and getting a whole lot of government assistance by virtue of food stamps and uh different cash assistance checks and section eight homes than it would be to be a positive a imprint full family on, yeah a positive imprint on the economy and you're making let's say 30 $35,000 a year, which is slightly above the poverty range, which means you won't get any government assistance because technically right. you're not poor, but at the same time, you're not well off enough to actually uh, run a house I without agree. scutting some corners. A band-aid was the perfect metaphor for that because by way of doing that, you pushing black fathers out of the homes. It's just mm-hmm. like, for me to be with the woman I want to be with, I have to give y'all documentation of where all my money coming from. I have to literally surrender my life over to the government just for her to keep on getting it for her kids. I don't want to have to, I don't want to deal with that. And that's how when we shift it, niggas more and more just don't want to deal with that shit. And we call black women bitter and just a bunch of stereotypes we put on our own women that shouldn't be there. That's the fucking problem. And it creates resent. Yeah. We tear each other down. One, uh, like we said, the woman, the women don't need you. And two, the, really men want to, and the men want to go do whatever they want with of multiple course. women. That's something men just want to do. So of course. For no reason you, at all. You want some 
some this man shit, you know. I don't gotta deal with this shit. Fuck my that's, that's just man shit. Men just inherently wanna go do whatever. That's why monogamy is such a I won't say it's a foreign concept it's a, because it's, it is a foreign concept though. Now gene- it is genetically. Genetically yes. it's a foreign concept, but in um it's been proven that that's the best way to raise a house and a family, and that's what you should want to do in the monogamous relationship. But <laughs> another problem is so popular to not be conventional nowadays. They promote being different on you to a point that you swing it to justify your bullshit. Niggas be like, well, I don't have to be with one person. I don't got to be like everybody. No, nigga, you should want to build your life with somebody. This, Why uh, is that bad? This this uh pop, polygamy uh renaissance where like people keep pulling we got up. got two girlfriends and shit? Come on. Different uh, African tribes or whatever. Uh, oh, Muslim culture. Because, oh yeah, I'm about to say different. Uh, That's the biggest. Cultures where they be like, oh, this, that, and the third sister wives. And it's like, first, all the women are subsidiary. And first, you have to be able to take care of, of each and every all one of them. Yeah. Right. It is just, yeah. y'all, y'all basically having a, a, an agreed upon orgy every night. <laughs> first of all, niggas that is hype about that is the niggas that's not reading the Quran. And it's, and it's women that's pushing it as well, where it's like, I don't, I don't know. I think it's some... I honestly think it's just some some hyped up sex fantasy shit. That's to bullshit to me. I, to be honest with you, I gotta deal with five different attitudes. That's always been my logic when it comes. Why came do I want to deal with five females? One of y'all is annoying enough. It's more than enough. I'm I'll be damned if I gotta deal with five, two. <laughs> bro. Five. What? But what comes with that is like you don't have a voice. I'm speaking for no. one, like you don't have a voice or a say so, no. and you better not talk back. Cause if I if I Especially remember, I'm well, bringing all the money and I'm financing basically your whole life. You are essentially a servant to me at this point. I agree. Cause first of all, if I if I read right, you can't even have multiple wives unless your first wife agrees to it. Yeah. Why the fuck? Come on now. Why is that a thing? I don't understand. Oh, it was in a way it was to ensure that the um, the event. This is the way the advancement of the species got to yeah. where it needed to be. So only the most powerful, the strongest, the smartest would breed. That's a fact. And I say breed in the literal sense. Like that's how it was looked at. It was like, this is the king. We're going to keep the king's gene pool alive. Of course. And even if you were, um, let's say, a peasant, even if you were a peasant, your wife, if the king wanted your wife, he he had your wife. You like you could nothing you could say about it. Oh, for that, sure. Yeah, that's just how it went, and that's where we end up now. But Back swinging back to uh Jeremy Lang because we kind of view off topic. The thing that kind of irked me was like the petty one usmanship was like we're doing a struggle Olympics in, in a roundabout way, even though every ethnic group, no matter who you look at, has struggled has at some, some period point in time, yeah. right? And it doesn't matter what you've been through that is quote unquote worse, the worst day of right. someone else's life right. is still the worst day of their life, regardless. Right. Of what been we can't negate so, each other based on our own experience. I agree, right? Right, saying with people don't understand is that division among races, classes, and ethnic groups, even down to the point where you speak different languages, only yeah. benefits the status quo and who's in charge. And if you can even look at something back with history with Bacon's Rebellion, Bacon's Rebellion, for people who don't know, is essentially where the slaves and the indentured servants banded together to overthrow the master. And once that happened, this uh, governing classes shit themselves and tried to figure out a way. And that's when you get introduced in the introduction of terms like white and black, 
Whereas yeah. up until that point, they never even showed up in addiction. So it wasn't less of a race. It was more of a division to where if we could get our indigenous service, which are usually white people, to feel like the black people were also beneath them, yeah. that will further de-sensitize uh, them from being together with these people. Why are you with someone who's beneath you? And stuff like that happened where solidarity among affected minority groups is the way up as opposed to being adversarial to each other. I agree with you a thousand percent. I just feel like everything is such a mental thing. I, I understand that the events that cause it specifically, but over time, I'm going to keep saying this. We're the only people that let it run so deep in our brains that we actually let it stop us. Everybody else is still building. Like, all right, you know, going full circle on the Jeremy Lin situation. When we speaking on Asian culture, we see how harsh they are with each other in their countries. And not even to, you know, we, we don't know the ins and outs because we've never lived there. So we don't know why exactly. You know what I'm saying? We only know what we read and what we see. But at the end of the day, they push each other to be great. Like you said, in the Asian household, they want you to do all of the highest status levels that are accepted as successful in this country. Even if they, you they might... No, uh, I don't want to cut you off. I'm not saying even if you're doing something that they don't think is like fiscally uh, amazing, like the why you not doctor yet is a joke. But that's the thing. But I'm speaking from my experience. Like I said, I went to a culturally diverse school. Yeah, I know. I know a bunch of ages. That was some of my friends, mostly because I was a loser. But <clears throat> I felt that one. I know really successful photographer now I went to uh, middle school with. That's not something that's quote-unquote fiscally amazing thing to do. And I think, like, his cousin is a doctor. They just rose to the cream of the crap because that's what comes in those type of households where it's really disciplined. It might not seem like it's the most fun, but it's gears. But it's going somewhere. That's what right. I'm saying. Like, people people nowadays, especially in our culture, they're they so big on, now nah, you got to let your kids make your own choices I get that. You have to let people show their personality, but not to a point that you don't guide them the right way. There's a difference between letting somebody have a freedom and letting them be stupid. People are trying to, um, I'm grasping it, I'm forgetting the fucking word, curate. People are trying to curate their life so much to where they can just streamline shit that only is beneficial to them. Now, I think that's actually why I think depression is on a rise because people, the time, don't, uh, people don't deal with adversity like they used to anymore. Like we don't have to go outside and fear for our lives that uh, that's what I'm saying. If we're, let's say we're in Baghdad, a bomb might drop on it. We don't have that and we don't have to go hunt for food. So now that's why people would say shit like do something mentally challenging every day or go work yeah. out. Working out has been proven to have, uh, I won't say cure depression, but it cope, uh, one of the most effective uh, coping mechanisms for depression yeah. is working out and putting your body through adverse stress. And now people are trying so hard to curate stress out of their life to do shit that only makes me happy. Yeah, shit is starting to bleed down into their kids where they're not even giving their kids any actual discipline and structure or preparation for reality. And instead of realizing that maybe your ideology is flawed, they go and yell at the world where it's like, hey, why are you, when they find, when the teacher gives your fucking child an F, because you thought your child was Captain America, but comes find out they're a dunce. Yeah, they go yell at the teacher, and now the teacher has to change because, spoiler alert, education isn't the primary uh, reason for why teachers educate your kids. It's mostly childcare at yeah. this point. Yeah, you need somebody to babysit at this point. Right. So now it's like, hey, why are you failing my kid? My kid is great. My kid, da da da. It's like, are we going to get into that conversation? We from Philly. We can we we can do it. Are a different you serious? Time. Yeah. I mean, I, like, come on. 
The reason why I brought up Bacon's Rebellion is because I put off why I don't like the terms black and white for so long. <laughs> I should these parents for... let their kids get away with these teachers? Get away with the oh teachers. Oh, my God. And then that kid carries that ideology all the way up. Because that you can do point, what you want. To this point, everything has just been bending to my will. Right. Now, now I think that's part of what cancel culture is. You see, it's mostly kids and people who haven't really accomplished it. Of course. Of course. Bullying. Uh, celebrities or companies into doing whatever they want. We talked about this a few weeks ago as well. I'm not saying it's dressed up as something like wholesome where it's like, hey, y'all fostered some racist shit. But now it's like, hey, this guy did this thing. So do what I want. Yeah, exactly. I'm not even a fan of your shit, but I don't feel like you should be running it that way. Nor nor have you ever seen any of their work. It's become popular to cancel people and that's a fucking issue. It's like, you know, it's... It, it, it speaks volumes that people were scared of black Twitter. We tear each other down so harsh, bro. I'm not on Twitter actively. I just know the shit that gets back to me. But you know what <laughs> black Twitter is. That changed lives at this point. I knew the memes. And then when I started to like read the actual discourse that was going on, that's why I get, um, that's why I'm so strong about, hey, we need to protect our actual message and make sure extremists haven't co-opted it. We have a voice, bro. We using it wrong. That's some real shit. They back there clicking up and we letting them do it. They clicking up and moving forward towards the right thing. Whereas we're tearing down each other and trying to make memes. I, I love it. I don't know if I'm rewrite history to where now we're going to be the ones in charge, but we didn't actually improve anything. We're just the person wearing the boot now. And don't care to. That's that's like the niggas that want to get into power and have no plan on how to change anything. I just want to. I just want to be in the seat. Yeah, like. The Donald Trumps of the world, the type of people who just want to have the title for the same just thing. to do it. But all right, what yeah. you want to do? Shit, I don't know. I ain't never thought about that. What yeah, you want? Right? You see their speeches. It's like, oh, uh, you want now? What are you gonna do? It's like, shit, I ain't think I was gonna shit. win it this far. Let's <laughs> party! <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> no, for we can start getting into the movie because a lot of times yeah, involved. That's all I wanted. By the time this comes out, it might not be topical, but you know, that's just on my mind because these come out a week after we record them. Yes, sir. And not to mention, this starts on the tail end of the civil rights movement. So this is perfect. Yes, sir. And let's get the intro popping. They hate what you represent. I don't represent nothing but Frank Lucas. You sure? Black businessman like you, you represent progress. The kind of progress that's going to see them lose a lot of money. With you out of the way, everything can return to normal. My man. You know what normal is to me, Richie? I ain't seen normal since I was six years old. Normal is seeing the police ride up to my house, dragging my little 12-year-old cousin out, tying him to a pole, shoving a shotgun in his mouth so hard they bust his teeth, then they bust two shotgun shells in his head and knock his fucking head off. That's what normal is to me. Well, fuck about no police. Then I'm gonna fuck about no police now. Shit. You know what? You can do whatever you want to do. So it don't mean nothing to me for you to show up tomorrow morning with your head blown off. You understand what I'm saying? Hey, Frank, get in line. That one stretches around the block, too. All right. What you want to do? You know what you got to do. What you want me to do, snitch? Huh? I know you don't want to give up no cops. What you want? You want gangsters? 
Pick one. Jew gangsters make gangsters guineas. They've been bleeding Harlem dry since they got off the boat, Richie. I don't give a fuck about no crime figures. You can have them. I'll take them, too. You'll, t you'll take them, too? <laughs> no, you didn't. You talking about police? You want police? You want your own kind? They're not my kind. They're in business with you, Frank. They ain't my kind. They ain't my kind like the Italians are not yours. Can you promise me, Richie? I can promise you. You lie about one name, you'll never get out of prison. You lie about one dollar, one offshore account, you'll never get out of prison. Now you can live life rich in jail for the rest of your born days. I'll be poor outside for some of them. That's what I can promise you. I want them cops, Richie. That's what I want. I want them cops that took that money out. Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time listening to this. This is the Scenic Podcast. I am Hendrick the writer. And I go by the name of Saeed the artist. And today we are bringing you, uh, we might be bending the rules a little bit with what we set out to do with Black History Month by presenting this film. This is February 28th. And I think on bad timing on our part, this is going to spill over into March, but who gives a fuck is our platform. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> With American Gangster, I think since we did a Tarantino movie, we kind of have to do a Denzel movie. Come on, man. That right. Was, so, come on. This is American Gangster by Ridley Scott, who is one of the best directors to ever grace the film world. But I think this is unequivocally Ridley Scott's last Great the movie. movie. I agree. Yeah, it, yeah, you can even say that's his last good movie. I agree. And take some time up to pull out the filmography because I didn't write it down this time. <laughs> this is uh this digs so deep into what we say every week. When when a uh when a director is fishing for a classic, they always just stack their cast. You look at the people that's even in the first scene of this movie, like, oh, this is gonna be that shit. Got T.I. in this movie. We got... We got uh, Ugly T.I. too. We got Cuba Gooding Jr. We got... Cuba. One of, the, one of the three greatest actors of all time in Denzel. We got Russell Crowe right after coming off the Gladiator. I can't wait to whip his ass in this movie. You don't like Russell Crowe? I like Russell Crowe. I like his movies. I got some shit to say too. But back to my point um, with Ridley Scott, we have Alien, which is a... Classic, a, a horror timeless classic, a timeless classic is Jaws in Outer Space. And after that, he gave us Blade Runner, which wasn't appreciated at the time. But when people go back and look at it, it's like, oh, this is some shit. It was a growing out of show. <laughs> right. Then after that, gives us G.I. Jane, gives us Gladiator, gives us Black Hawk Down. All that happens in a four year span. And now people are like, this might be the best director we've ever seen. And then he finishes off the early 2000s with. American Gangster, and just like, oh shit, <laughs> this is this guy is, is great. And then after that, it, it's it's Robin Hood. And like, then it's Prometheus. Is like, what the fuck are we watching? <laughs> and then he goes back to TV. Oh yeah, and let's not forget Alien Covenant, where he's just like fully in his own. His head is all the way up his ass at this point. He just thinks he's the greatest artist to ever walk the face of the earth. Nah, for real, he ordered a fool from the director's chair. Not even shooting the movie at this point. I think his um, TV is better than his movies now, though. I think um, Dances with Wolves, which comes on HBO, is is interesting. I haven't. They turned that into a show. 
Yeah. That's it's a Kevin a, Costner movie. It's a series. It's, um, I haven't had the time to sit, sit and digest it yet, but the episodes I've seen, it's like, it's obviously very art housey and very really Scottish where it's like, okay, he's trying to tell us a message about society, but let's see where it's going. It's that, that transhumanism that he's been trying to do with Prometheus and Covenant in a TV series, which is probably where it's better served because now you can fully flesh out your ideas as opposed to buttonholing them in. One thing I'm going to say, though, is with these directors and any creative, I look at it this way. We've had this conversation before. We got to stop as just everybody, like a critic. Everybody's going to be a critic, of course. But we got to stop trying to negate the fact of who they are based on what they're doing now. If you had your classics and you've had your run and you've done what you've done, nothing can take that from you. Right. Like when we had the conversation about people be like, uh, with Drake, for example, oh, his older shit was, all right, go listen to his old shit. <laughs> he doing what he doing now. That don't take away from Back who you are. For a reason. Yeah, right. come on. It's still there. The thing where like, you're tarnishing your legacy by dropping X, Y, Z. He's like, no, nah, really. Eminem legacy. or what? Like, no. or, yeah, I'm about to say, for, say Eminem. It's like, Eminem yeah. is definitely one of the greatest rappers to ever rap. Even we get it. His, yeah, even if some of his most recent well, like we said, since since our middle school years have been subpar standards for Eminem, mm-hmm. doesn't take away the fact that he is one of the greatest rappers to rap, even though I'm going to keep making fun about him every chance I get, which I will. Why well, wouldn't I? It's funny. <laughs> Fuck him and them Eminem fans. That's how I'm feeling. Monster Drake and cargo short wearing losers. <laughs> uh, for real. I just Babkins, think we can't take Babkins, it away from him. Orange door hinge. Porridge. Basically a human dictionary. That's that's what he's Fantastic for shit. Poor shit. You could say like uh I put my orange four inch door hinge in storage and ate porridge with George. <laughs> you just have to figure out the, the science to breaking down. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Uh insert some disses to his mom and, and uh, oh, a pop shit. star. <laughs> Wasn't it the reason you made that CD for me? So you could try to justify the way you treated me? But how dare you try to take what you didn't help me to get? You selfish bitch, I hope you fucking burn in hell for this That nigga just make noise at this point. All right, but back to Ridley Scott. Uh, like I said, I didn't have the chance to digest it, but this is like his last great movie, and it's a very great movie. For this movie to be two hours and 45 minutes, it is paced incredibly well. Like, before you know it, you're two hours in, and you're like, damn, I didn't feel like any scene dragged longer than it needed to be. And I say that because when we do have these longer movies, I like to, like, because they're a long commitment, I like to find a way where you can watch it without feeling like your whole day is wrapped around this movie. Right. But with American Gangsta, I don't feel like you can cut anything out. You'll miss very important parts. Like, I even found a way to cut out something in The Godfather. And you, The Godfather is three hours of cinema, cinema brilliance. But I mean, this, everybody I mean, going to find a way to take... This is what film reviewing is. This is our opinion. You feel how you feel about how you feel. Right. And 
even with this, it's like it's a couple montages, but even if you cut out the montage, that's like five minutes you shaved off. <laughs> like this movie has beautiful pacing, and I think having, like you said, the all-star cast makes it even better because it makes it easy. Something that might have been mundane is driven up ten, where he even the scene where um before we uh, get there, even a scene like when Denzel goes and confronts Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character, yeah. that and Levin porous hands could come off as like boring filler. Because it doesn't actually affect the plot in any serious way, but that's when we do see it's like a, a brilliant piece of character work where as you can tell, I don't care if you call it blue dog shit. <laughs> yeah, for real. But let's go ahead and start. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, we can do that. Um, well, the movie starts off with just some hard shit. <laughs> we had the, <laughs> he had the boy sitting in the chair. He was lighting the cigar. They pouring gasoline, gasoline. all on him. God damn. No words in the beginning either. He just threw the lighter on him. Boom. Just, just threw the he lighter. He didn't even let him burn. He gave him the whole clip. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, damn, damn. Yeah, I'm not about to torture you. <laughs> I said, you going to burn, but you don't got to be alive. I got you. Right, right. I'm going to put you out your misery. And I think that whole, the thing like the whole opening five to 10 minutes is just, um, just carnage. Carnage is, but it's showing uh, him being bumpy sidekick. It's building that. I was about to say he, he has servility in his character in the beginning. It's um, it's kind of what I wanted from T'Challa and T'Chaka and Black Panther. Is that yo like exactly? Yeah. We needed some type of father son relationship. Whereas I, I have a reason to care when you go other than like baseline. This is that your that you're my dad. Like, what did you teach right. me? Show me something. Right, something like that, which I feel like the Black Panther movie could have and should have done. And you yeah. see American Gangster does it with five In minutes. the first five minutes. And what I really like is... And then it gets um, Bumpy out of the way immediately. He's like, all right, this isn't your movie, Bumpy. Go away. <laughs> let me, let me, let me use a word. It, it gave real, it, it gave edification. A word of the day? Yes, you want to use a word of the I'm day? A, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. It ain't crucifix. No, no, listen. Oh, Don't crucify me. <laughs> you bet. <you've been. laughs> nah, nah. Uh, the word that I would really go for is edification with this. Hey guys, I'm your student and you're watching Word of the Day. A word of the day is edification because it gave Bumpy's character just it built him up to be something stronger than just a gangster. Yeah. It shows everything that he taught Denzel in the first five minutes, from the good to the bad, the beautiful to the ugly side. It opened up on him giving out turkeys. I yeah, it frames truck. Denzel. I'm about to say it frames Denzel in a way. It does. It show it actually. Let's just be real. He was just another personification of Bumpy. The whole movie. Yeah, he's him. Yeah, and it, it's like um. It's like the Godfather in a way where like Michael Corleone attempts this is to be exactly that exactly attempts to be his dad uh spin the image of his dad but he ends up being more violent when he's pushed to his his vices I agree or to his limits and it's the same it plays out the same way here even though I think I haven't seen uh Godfather too critically like I haven't tried to sit there and see what it's doing yet he's a cold um, motherfucker in that movie. I know that much, but I'm talking about like a critical evaluation type of thing where yeah. I can actually compare and contrast. I haven't done that, but this is like that, in my opinion, where it's like from the broad strokes view, where it's like um, Frank Lucas is trying to do Bumpy. Yeah. But when 
being bumpy doesn't work out for him. And it's just some shit he's not about to let ride that bumpy was letting ride. Letting slide on some I'm an old man shit. And I got Frank Lucas. Or even something where it's like bumpy understood the politics of, hey, I can't rock the boat too much or all this shit. He was Vito on. Corleone. Yo. Right, right, Hell right. Yeah. Like, I won't take the hair on because that'll fuck up my connections with the law. Whereas like, um, let's compare it to here. Bumpy didn't cut out the mob, but Frank does. And that in turn fucked him in the That shit was a problem. Exactly. Yeah. But let's just skip to uh, Bumpy's uh, death where he dies. He was going um, on his rent in the, in the techno, <laughs> in the, uh, the, the radio shack. This is the problem. What's wrong with America? It's gotten so big, you just can't find your way. The grocery store on the corner is now a supermarket. Candy stuff. It's McDonald's. And this place. Super fucking discount stuff. Where's the pride of ownership? Huh? Where's the personal service? <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> I mean, what right do they have? Cutting out the suppliers, pushing out all the middlemen, buying direct from the manufacturer. Sony this, Toshiba that. All them chinks put Americans out of work. That's the way it is now. You all right? You can't find the heart of anything. Stick the knife. Yeah, ownership basically in Bumpy had was instilling pride in him and ownership and being your own man. That stuck with Frank throughout the movie. One last lesson. I love how they did that. Yeah, and he dies rather anticlimactic because after he drops that, you know, ownership, self-ownership, pride in your neighborhood, why is the dollar store cutting out independent vendors and shit like that? Yeah, cutting out the middleman, which in turn, every lesson that he's given him is exactly what Denzel goes on to do. And you know, am I saying Denzel ends up turning into the, the Walmart? Cutting out the middleman. <laughs> and being that person, but... That nigga says, Sony this, Toshiba that, all them chicks. They putting Americans out of work. I was like, oh, shit. I love my PlayStation. No <laughs> <laughs> boys ain't fall back, and this was the sixties. Yeah, sponsor us, Sony, please. Nah, honestly, shit. Get sending the PS fives that niggas just can't get. But <laughs> come on, man. All right, moving on. He dies rather anticlimactically, where it's just like he just abruptly dies. And he was ready to go though, because then yeah, he was, was old. telling the store owner, he was like, "Hey, get help." He was like, "It's cool, Frank." Yeah, don't even fight it, man. I don't want to be your turn. Right. Show me the game, ghost. <laughs> My name is Bumpy. It's time for me to go. <laughs> but then we skip to uh, Bumpy's. It's I'm the wake. It's a funeral. It's the wake. It's the wake. Yeah, it's the wake. And that's where introduced to the mob. And Idris. Uh, Antagon- yeah, Idris character. I don't know his the actual fuck? character name. But something, Idris- something Johnson. He was a bitch. I know this. Fuck it. Idris should be playing James Bond. That's all I'm going to say. Idris or Michael Fassbender. One or the other. I like Michael Fassbender as him. I like that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Give my boy a chance. He killed his role as Magneto. But did he? <clears throat> did he? And then we see Cuba Gooding, and these are like the they're 
supposed Nicky to be Moss. antagonists, but they, they aren't threats. Yeah, they aren't threats. And they dumbasses. Doesn't even treat him as threats. And then you see Frank OCD's kick in when he's wiping the uh, piano off and putting the coasters. I have some fucking class. You, you put this, this glass yeah, on his wood. It, bro. And Idris being the fucking clown he is, he thinks he's doing it as a service. He's like, no. Give me a light too, bro. Right. What, I, I love Denzel. You always go get him in every movie, but not in a Kevin Hart kind of way. Denzel always played Denzel. You know what I mean by that? The part of it. The part he's of so, it. He's so strategic in his movie. He's just looking around like, okay. This show. My man. I can't wait. <laughs> to, yo, that's the classic that's, line. We putting that. That's the uh, young Django this time. That That's the you fuck line right there. You're like, my, my man. man. <laughs> that nigga did stain the shit off the table. Yeah, it's like come on, have some fucking respect. This ain't your furniture. First of you all, your we, we we like cigarettes in the crib now. In hey, the 60s, they, yeah. they didn't open a window. It, not in my, my, the, man, not in my house, but in not the in 60s, my fucking yeah. house. <laughs> but then, as the scene progresses, we get Denzel and where he's talking to the dude. I don't know his name, Bill. It's not important. I'm not sure. Talking about the boy that looked like uh, Al Sharpton. The boy that looks like everybody in the five heartbeats, yeah. But no, I don't know his name. He just pops up here and there. I remember when they was talking. Uh, he was trying to give his condolences to Frank because he know how close him and Bumpy was. He's just looked around. He's like, yeah, you know. You know, after people in this room, old Bumpy when he died, they think I'm going to forget to collect, but I'm going to get that money. I'm going to get that money. Back to yeah, training like day. A, yeah, exactly like training day, but it's like a... It's like a Shakespeare open. If you ever seen a Shakespeare play live, you know, I walk out. Yeah, I must say they walk out and tell you the ending before the movie yeah, starts. Yeah, but it isn't uh, in the spoiler way where they like tell you, oh, Hamlet's going to what they'd be like, Hamlet dies at the end, and then they just walk off. Now you're watching the whole movie trying to figure out how how's Hamlet, Hamlet going to die. But it now, gives you a hell of a story. I'm saying now everything is ratcheted up. Every encounter is now ratcheted up. It's like did Hamlet die with this? Right, Hamlet right, right, right. Exactly. And that's how it goes now. Where it's like, so how is Frank going to get this money? And we see every movie makers like, is this the one? Is this the one? Now every confrontation he has with them is hiding. Like, is he going to get him now? Is he going to get him now? Is he going to get him then? Exactly. But we just know he's going to get that money. Get that money. Hit that it money. puts an inherent <laughs> in his interactions with Nikki Barnes and Idris Elba character, whereas. I don't think if that line happens, we care because, like I said, these guys aren't threats in the grand scheme of the thing of the movie. They dumbasses, yeah. It's just you know, and they flashy an- dickheads. Another thing this uh this opening does is it juxtaposes Frank and uh, Richie beautifully in a big way. In a big way, you see uh, Frank is like OCD and he's really uh, classy, civil, and this is the gangster. And then we switch to the cop. He's a disorganized, bumbling he, he's, he's a dumb mess. Ass. He let his life right, fall he, apart in front of him. His life is in shambles. But they're both violent, by any means necessary motherfuckers, where you see... I agree. When we cut the Frank, you see, like he said, he's burning somebody with a cigar and then shooting them. It's like, you we burning you to death, but now we're going to shoot too. you. Yeah. Richie is kicking in your door with a sledgehammer, breaking your jaw with the end of it, and then beating your face in... And then I'm going to arrest you. It's like now you're going to tell me His what I want to His man's him too. When they broke yeah. it, the, I'm gonna drop that Carlo Joe when, when his hand got bit. That, ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I found that scene to be funny as shit. He holding the door. He's like hit him in his head. Boom! I'm like, God damn! With the back end of the sludge. Yeah. Hand. What the fuck? <laughs> 
You're like, supposed to be my fucking friend, asshole. I was like, then damn. He, then they start strong going. It's like, what do you get for assaulting the cop? It's like 15 years. Your race. man in the chair, like, hey, whoa, whoa. come on, he's, come on. He started snitching immediately. Yeah, hey, oh, right. What do you want? What do you want? What do you need? You want the bookie? What do you want? I don't want your he's, fucking bookie. He always play a red. Always play a red. <laughs> Every movie I see him in a red. He's like, I play a mighty fine snitch. <laughs> he really do, though. And what, what did they say? They said, who do you and, want? Um, who, do you want? who do you got? That, that's funny as shit to me. And that's when they pull up to a car, and that's where we're introduced to... um The thing I hate, where the it's like... Scout. It's not necessarily... No, not so much as a Boy Scout, but it's presented as like a character flaw or a reason for why the world doesn't like him. It's like that. Now, to this movie's credit, this isn't Richie's only flaw, but in the less skilled hands, Richie being uh, more unapologetically honest and having integrity to a fault would have been, quote unquote, considered a flaw, even though it's something morally amicable. You see that? I mean, but at the end of the day, they're giving it real world justice. Nobody in the real world want no fucking Boy Scout. And to the movie's credit, it points it points that yeah, out over and over again. Yeah, but I'm saying that's not Richie's only flaw, which is why Richie is a believable. <laughs> Even and, he know that. And, and, and my and he's my favorite character in the movie. I know some people really like him. Yeah, he's my favorite character in the movie. But I say in less talented hands, you get like that Mary Sue type of thing, where it's like my flaw is I care too much, and that's the only thing that's wrong. But it's not really a flaw. So it's like you boring. You think this fucking <laughs> Ray Sky Ray Sky work. Skywalker, where it's like, oh, she can do everything, and her flaw is that she tries to do everything. It's like, right. how's that interesting? It isn't. That's why. But and you didn't try to make it interesting either. Richie's some uh, selfish, disinterested, womanizing prick who just happens to be honest. <laughs> I mean, and oh, I can't wait till we get the Carla's line where they in the court. Yeah, when they when she pulls his cards, it's like you're doing all the shit to make yourself feel better about being but just because you're girl. honest. Huh. That don't mean you're right. going to heaven. You're going to hell with a. Oh, I can't wait. But yeah, no, they think- they're sitting there for stakeout. Yeah, they're sitting there for the stakeout, and that's when they get the unmarked cash. It's not just a couple of bucks, it's all right? The, it's the same thing, in principle. Oh, what, are we talking principles? Richie, a cop who turns in this kind of money says one thing. He turns in cops who take money. We'll be fucking pariahs. Yeah, well, then we'll fuck both ways. Not if we keep it. Only if we don't, then you're right, we're fucked, but not if we keep it. God damn it, man. Did we ask for this? Did we put a gun in someone's head and say, give us your money? Cops? Kill cops they can't trust. You can't turn it in, man. And they turn the cash in and everybody's looking at him like, you fucking fool. And I'm looking at you like, you fucking fool. <laughs> but even Richie, his partner. And I think Richie, throughout the movie, looks back and is like, damn, I probably should have just took that money and retired. I think he even says that. Honestly, because his partner was like, look, bro. Even after they looked at, they looked at the money and got back in the car... He's like, we can't turn that fucking money in. We're going to be social pariahs in the workplace. You know, right. They're going to ostracize us. And Which is exactly what happened. Nobody exactly will work with But they turned in, what was it, $987,000 in drug money. Yeah, a million dollars, basically. Yeah. The fucking head cop was like, well, where's the rest of it? Now, <laughs> I wish we had a visual platform just for me to show them cops face looking through the window. Them niggas in the when they was watching them, then they was counting the money one at a time. So you know they was there for a couple hours. Your and, man said, uh, what y'all doing counting this in front of everybody? Is you crazy? Right, then the partner didn't like, even, the partner wouldn't even, didn't even want to touch the money. He just his sitting there. His attitude pissed. when he left, he still, man, fuck. 
It's like training day. It's like, man, take the fucking money, Jake. They're going to feel better, man. Take the fucking money. He said, I said, get on the ground. I don't believe you shoot me, nigga. I can't wait to get into this zone, dog. He said, look, look, Jake, you could take the shit and burn it for all, but just take the just fucking money. Just take the money. fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I can't do that. You know, I can't. Yeah, That's exactly Richie. Mm-hmm. Exactly what happened. But I think... He did say that, too. Fucking boy movie. I watched this movie with my girlfriend one time, and... It was like she was rooting for uh Denzel character as you would, but I was trying to <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out why. And then I finally get to the conclusion was like, well, this movie kind of has two protagonists and it turns the but it turns the gangster because this is well after the autocorrect that happened to gangster movies where filmmakers stop embellishing the gangster lifestyle and the movies about gangsters stop being about gangsters and it started being about the cops who went and pursued the gangsters. You think about the uh, recreation of the Bonnie and Clyde movie where the the first Bonnie and Clyde was about Bonnie and Clyde and people ended up wanting to be Bonnie and Clyde by proxy. Surprise, surprise. You make a movie about someone interesting, people are going to want to be like them. I look at it this way. In a technical way, that's exactly how me and you have a conversation with drawing. But you got to look at it from a viewpoint that's just watching the movie to watch it. People always going to root for the villain. Simple enough. The villain is always the more interesting character. That's who we want to see win. You know that. Frank, you know that. I'm getting to it. Frank isn't the villain in this movie. He's like a hero. I'm not saying it is, yeah. but the, the drug dealer is the bad guy. That's just... Yeah, because... And then to the movie, they live flashy. Like, we talk about Scarface and you watch Scarface. Like, this movie makes me feel like a badass, even though Scarface is like some morally reprehensible dick where, like, you shouldn't want to be He like was Scarface. bullshit. You shouldn't want to be like Scarface, but you can't help it where it's like, he's so interesting. You want to embody it as you're watching it. Al Pacino faces all yours and you watching the movie like... Yeah, and then you start you start around about shit in your head. It was like, you know what? This ain't gonna happen to me. This ain't gonna play out that way. I'm gonna be smarter than him or whatever. And to this movie, it turns this happens well after that autocorrect where it's like, hey, we're not about to embellish gangsters anymore. We're like I said, Bonnie and Clyde, the remake is about the cops that busted Bonnie and Clyde and not actually about Bonnie and Clyde. This movie turns that on its head where it's like Frank is a hero in a way, but it doesn't allow Frank to have those moments of where it's like, this is something you should want to look up to after a point. Because up to a point, he has that. And then everything just starts going downhill. When he like starts when he, to go downhill. When he reaches the pinnacle, where he reaches his pinnacle, where it's like he's at his most highest point you could ever be. It all falls downhill. Of course. Um, and like I told you about before, I think the most interesting thing about this movie is how it plays with that inversion of a gangster type of movie whereas Richie is the cop but he's like who he has traits you would um normally have on the crime boss and the crime boss is this honest to do family man who doesn't do anything uh quote unquote wrong other than beat the shit out of people yeah right he he's one of those type of people in the world that think just because you honest that negates all your other sins no, you're still a fucked up individual. You just yeah. you just honest about yeah. it. Yeah, you know those people that be on the internet be like, my flaws that I'm honest too. I'm too honest. Like, no, no, you're probably arrogant right yeah. along with that. The fact that you and the, the real thing. problem, exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna say the fact that you think the only problem with you is that you're honest. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. But let's be real. The only reason most people be honest is because you're too stupid that you get caught every time. You ain't got no choices in their face. Last well, I, I think. That's like, all right, like with Sonny and the Godfather, you got your dick in this bitch. You going to say that's not you if you answer it to your name? 
Yeah, it's me. On the door. On the door. That, that shit never gets old. Yeah. <laughs> on the door. We're going to get to that shit. Because what is with these guys and not pulling out to answer shit? They were not, oh, yeah. Richie got one of them for sure. But like, uh, back to these people, it's like, they're like honest, but it's like facetiously honest. Like they're they're being yeah. honest and shit. Like that's, they're telling kids, "Oh, your dad left your mom. You were two. It's like why? Why? You what do you that? gain from that? Yeah, right? Why what do you, you gain from that? that? You're an asshole, and you think, "Oh, I'm just being honest." Like no, you're being an asshole. But your name is Richie. You gotta be some type of asshole. Yeah, right. People probably called you dick <laughs> when you was older. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> no, for but, real. We go to back to my point. Classroom. Like this movie kind of has two protagonists, Richie and Frank Lucas. Of course. And the one, uh, and we're introduced to the one antagonist, the uh, New York cops. Yeah, the dirty in, cops. And they give the voiceover so people can understand what's going on if you're not familiar or can't recognize what's going on, which you can't expect people to know. They tell them the cops are basically rewashing the dope, remixing the dope. And controlling the market and eating up all the profit and controlling the game. They dilute something it that goes on to this day. <laughs> yeah, they diluting it to make it less potent, but overcharge for it and keeping all the product and regulating. They basically giving a, a lift to Denzel's character. They putting their foot down for him to step on it. That's that's the type of shit that happens. And I'll use prohibition for like, but, but societies that have some form of prohibition in place. That's why. People think the solution to gun violence is banning guns. It's like, no, because that'll just mean the criminals, the people who already are misusing the guns, are just yeah. going to have complete control over it. Yeah. Whereas now you, honest person, won't have a chance to defend your house. But we talked about that shit with Al Capone. Where it's like he rose up through prohibition. I'm selling something that's illegal. Even with drugs, it's like the only reason these people have power over the drug game is because it's illegal. You're going to get it from somewhere. It isn't like they're forcing people to take drugs. People are coming to them to buy the shit. They want it. Rather, I'll use Switzerland as an example. I think it was Switzerland. It's one of those uh, Danish countries, Dutch countries, where they had an opioid crisis much like ours. I, I grew up in Kensington. We all see the shit. Of course um, we did. You grew up in zombie land. Yeah. They, um... They provide the shit to the uh, civilians, but you got to take it in this controlled environment. It's the purest you're going to get. It's not touched with anything. And you can have however much you want. And on the surface, like, you just got a bunch of fucking junkies running around. But gradually, these people got better. And the theme of it was that it wasn't so much these people were addicted because they were junkies. The addiction was feeling something that they were missing. And of that course, was a community in the that's every life. that's every vice. That's every addiction, even people, yeah. Even people who throw themselves into sex, even people who throw themselves into worse, you're feeling something that you you're need missing. It. You need it, right? So when they would give them what they wanted, the drugs that took out two, one that handled the epidemic, and that took out the drug lords who were who normally would terrorize the city because now the government has control over these products or whatever. You can tax it. That's another revenue source. And then we can build up a community for these people. You know, ship project homes should be. Pushing them into their neighborhoods and circling off the people and let them kill themselves. And you got to work or whatever. You got to work or whatever. There's all that shit. You know, it's it's real utopian-esque where it's like, of course, hey, you're going to help make your productive... a productive civilian in society while helping you through your problems. Because just because you like crack doesn't necessarily mean you're a horrible individual. Whereas like, and that works better than the American way of handling drug addicts where we demonize them and throw them in jail for 20 some odd years. And they just, they're just fucked at that point. Yeah. 
They have no way to function. Yeah, and they have no um, no way to get back on their feet if they ever wanted to. You wear that F, that, that felony you get for walking around with, what, like fucking three grams of Coke or whatever you had, some shit that you could realistically do at a party. Yeah. <clears throat> now you're just fucked for life at that point. Man, we all know it's a setup. Uh, moving right along. The next scene <laughs> after we get... The um the cops diluting the diluting the, the drugs. We we see how he's distributing to uh the Italians and how Frank is buying his drugs from them. Yeah. He's buying the bullshit. And um I think the next important scene is when uh Idris walks back in on Frank eating uh breakfast to establish that, push that a little bit further, pull on that string a little bit. He walks in and he's like 20%. Like Bumpy ain't even take twenty percent. Bumpy ain't here no Bumpy more. Bumpy don't own this shit. All right, I need twenty percent. Frank, was like my man, my man. He give him the five. And he he goes out five ones and give him a dollar. I'm like twenty percent. That's Denzel as fuck pushing a dollar with his finger. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. That is twenty percent of five. Like, fuck out of here, nigga. <laughs> that boy, you got on the red head. I ain't giving you shit. Right, then you walking in a double-breasted suit. Who the fuck you think you is? Look like a Henry fucking Hill? cartoon character, bro. Right, you fucking fool. You want to be Italian so bad. Man, move. <laughs> then he get his, his homeboy. He like, come on, we out. Walk past all you niggas. You ain't going to do shit to me. Nah, for real. And then <laughs> they gave <laughs> Denzel that Black Panther look when he put on that big-ass fedora with the leather trench. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing the stick to the dog on the beach. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's more of Frank being a family man. Frank being a family man, where I think he calls his family to tell him, like, hey, start rounding it up. No. No, he calls his cousin. I know where he calls his cousin. Yeah, he calls his cousin. That's in um Korea, right? Yeah. Because he was watching TV, and he was saying how the soldiers were hooked on opium, and opium is like a fix of heroin. There's a strand of it. He was listening to the radio. Yeah, so he calls his cousin. Because it's his cousin, he goes somebody over there. doesn't just fly over there on a whim, calls his cousin or whatever, gets the, uh, starts talking business, basically. He and that's like, the yo, post. it's me. Who the fuck is me? Me who? Is, is your cousin, nigga? Your cousin, cousin, Negro. <laughs> <laughs> no, the funny part is that his cousin answers the phone in Korean. He's <laughs> like, who the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck is who this? this? <laughs> it's me. Me who? Me, your cousin, Negro. <laughs> oh, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till we get to his brother. This Frank. Frank who? Yo, brother Frank, nigga. Frank? I was cracking the fuck up. No, ma. Hey, hey, mama. Frank, Frank on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, we get the little sequence of him getting his passport picture. His passport picture funny as shit. Yeah, that nigga got his passport faster than I did. I'm he still looked waiting. Hurt. That nigga face was like. We're in America, they had same day passport service. Honestly, I mean <laughs> but um, the next scene is then Richie I think, with his baby mom. Yeah, I might say, yeah, his baby mom, yeah, That's white man with baby mom. But uh, I think what's <laughs> interesting this movie does is every time you have a wholesome family moment with Frank, it's juxtaposed with Richie and a disjointed family to even this further establish up. that narrative. Where it's like, they're, I think they're walking through the park at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're walking through the park and they're chopping up trying to figure out. She's basically telling him, I'm about to go across the country with your kid. And he's like, the fuck you are. That nigga, he <laughs> said, you're not going to Vegas. Not with Michael anyway. Well, I just pulled out the Mark Warburg Boston accent. No, <laughs> for real. 
<laughs> no, for real. But and then uh, Got so the people over, over there playing with a cap gun, and then they over there talking what they're gonna do with their son, and the motherfuckers keep throwing glass. Breaking glass. Over. No, hey, I told them, why the, the fuck, fuck is you down? doing that? Right? Why is y'all doing that dumb shit in the middle Bad of a park? Y'all just throwing glass for no reason. Like, I told you, I'm a fucking cop. I'll kill all you. And like, what? she was like, you don't have a gun. He's like. I was cracking the fuck up. It's it all about the bluff. <laughs> I don't know what his problem is, bro. Uh, I don't know why she looked at him crazy for doing that. It's like, yo, we talking, and these motherfuckers just keep doing class. And then my kid over there playing. Right, and then my kid over there playing. Like, get the fuck out of here. Real shit. And then, you know, the next the next important scene is when he get the bank cut. Yeah, and that's, and that's your uh, ethos, where it's like, you don't believe in something until you're willing to invest your ass in it. That's a fact. We see him. We see him hitting up his banker. He gets all his money. I always say that. All his money, he goes flies out there, and he even says he's like, "That's all I got." So if them birds don't land for any reason. No, he might no have to Denzel from the side. That nigga neck be like this. That's a lip. Got lip fling. No real he's shit. Said, cousin, no cousin. I'll let you I know when they in the No funeral. <laughs> no real shit. He said, "Give him, give him a hundred. He said fifty. Give him give, no, give him the whole thing. Right, but yeah, he goes straight to the source. Something that Bumpy, uh, he wasn't gonna do cutting out the middleman. Something that, something that Bumpy would have never thought he took he what he told him Bumpy and swayed it and perverted it. Is like yeah. Bumpy actually detested? It was like y'all taking all these people, putting them out of business, doing this shit, going straight to the source. Whole no time middleman, no like, ownership. Mm. He said, "Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do." Actually. I'm about to go be Walmart or Heron. No, for Fuck real. All these motherfuckers. Because his cousins was like, well, we, we got... He said, well, shit, let's go. He said, you you going to the jungle? You going to the jungle? Let's... We going to go. Snakes, tigers, Viet Cong. Yeah. He said, okay, motherfucker, I'm from the jungle. We going to go. He said, I ain't come all the way out here to go deal with no fucking middlemen. He said, I'm talking about mosquitoes that'll fucking kill your ass. Okay, so let's go. How would you get it into the States? You ain't got to worry about that. Who do you work for in there? You ain't got to worry about that either. Who are you really? Frank Lucas says it right there in my passport. I mean, who you represent. Me. You think you're going to take 100 kilos of heroin into the U.S. and you don't work for anyone? Someone is going to allow that? That's right. Come see San After this first purchase, if you're not killed by Marseille importers or their people in the States, then uh, what? Then there'll be more, much more, I guarantee it. And if it's all the same to you, I don't have to drag my ass up here no more. Of course not. <laughs> my man. So, brother, <laughs> how are you going to get this? Oh, I yeah. love that. He was like, "Who?" He said, "Who do you represent?" I represent Frank. I Lucas. represent me, Frank Lucas. He says right there on my passport. He's sitting there. He put the same face on his. Oh, bro, in the pretzel position. That's what was burning me up. Saying cross-legged, and this nigga in the whole uh, military dress uniform, you in a suit and shit. He said, "How will you get the coke into America? You ain't got to worry about need, that. You don't need to worry about that." How are you distributing? I worry you don't about, that, about either. that either. And if it's all the same to you, Lucas. real shit. All the same to you. I don't want to drag my ass up here no more. Fine. My man. <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I
<laughs> My man. Soul brother, huh? <laughs> yeah, brother from another. Nah, that's that shit. That nigga and he's like, said, give him the whole thing. Frank is just all business, but he's like arrogantly hubris about it, where it's like, hey, you going, you mean, and you going to take me to the actual supplier. Motherfucker, what if he killed your ass for even thinking he was allowed to speak That to nigga him? went straight to Vietnam during the war, dog. During the middle of a war. The war. The war. The war. And then went into the jungle to go straight onto somebody's drug plantation. What? And set in pretzel formation. That's like me walking up expecting a meeting with Chapo. No, for, and, and serious about it. I want a hundred keys. I want a hundred keys. Nigga, what? Uh, you a snitch? Are, <laughs> niggas, how are you the plan to get this into the United States? Because first they try, they tried the bullshitting. They tried to hit me with two uh, street level drug dealers. It's like I want a hundred keys. I can't get this shit from them. I don't have time. Are we gonna do this? Yeah. Or... <laughs> and then, uh, we we Frank, got yeah. Frank's Go all business and he's dead ass. And then it cuts to Richie in bed with a bitch. <laughs> But we got Jay being a fucking heroin addict. Yeah, I'm about to say that's the next thing where it's like, but you see him being uh, an honest do-gooder to a fault where he's going to go get his friend from the projects, the middle yeah. of the projects, no questions asked in the middle of the night. Uh, not in the middle of the night, but... No, it was morning time. Just early as shit. They're rolling over from getting some ass morning. Because <sighs> basically, you got a cop stuck in the progress, projects and he killed the drug dealer. Man, and all of the niggas, it. yeah... All the niggas in the projects huddled outside the door ready to hang his ass. Where's your backup? You got no backup? Why is that? Bandage his neck. Richie, he's dead. You know he's fucking dead, right? Bandage his neck, clean up his head, prop him up on the gurney so he's sitting, and open his fucking eyes. All right, let's go. But the, once they give uh, Jay and them out, Jay's starting to tell that drug addict story, and you see he even looks like a fucking druggie with all Look the shit drooling out of his mouth. Thanks, man. Fuck. That asshole pulled a piece on me, man. Can you fucking believe it? Pulls a piece on a cop? How to do it, man? Kill or be killed. Fucking crazy world, right? The fuck are you doing on the project? Investigating stuff, man. You know, just like you taught me, checking on guys, following things up, putting the pieces together. The guy was a dealer, fucking dealer, scum of the earth. That guy didn't pull a gun on a cop, Jay. That guy pulled a gun on a junkie. The junkie was trying to rob him. The fuck you say? Man, what are you doing, man? The fuck is that? That's what, what the, the fuck, fuck is that? Money, man. I earned this shit. That's mine. I earned it what doing good that? cop the work. The fuck is that? I earned it doing good cop work. You murdered him. I earned it getting shot at. You murdered the guy. You murdered him. You robbed his money, then you called me to get you out of it. That makes me an accessory after the fact, motherfucker. I'll tell you the facts, man. Just write the report the way I say it happened, and then that's the way it is, and that's how it will be. I'm a leper because I listened to you and turned in a million bucks. No one will work with me after that. I can get off this shit, Reggie. That's easy. Just write the report between us as partners. I can't do that. Hey! Stop! 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 The fuck, Raj? Say. 
He's ain't trying to kill me, a fucking cop, man. Fucking, you believe that shit? Talking like Shaggy and shit. And fucking, uh, that sets up something that's about to happen. Future events when he eventually ODs. Of course. <clears throat> but Richie, he can't let it go. Russell Crowe, he can't let it go. He's like, dealers don't shoot cops. They know better. Like, the dealer didn't pull a fucking gun out. He pulled a gun out on a junkie that was trying to get over. He's like, you call me a fucking junkie, man? You know, no, real shit. I never heard anybody that wasn't a junkie say, man. <laughs> and then he going to say, well, listen, you going to just write down on the report exactly what I told you that happened. Said, you know I can't do that. I'm not doing that. I'm I just turned in a million dude. dollars cash. Right. Right. Now I'm about to just write off junkies. For you? Right, try to get me to go to jail? Fuck out of here, nigga. Then he goes and jumps out the ambulance Bro, <laughs> and just basically goes on the lamb. On the lamb. <laughs> <laughs> the lamb. <laughs> so then that's when they find the packets of blue magic and they're blue testing magic. it. Well, no, they don't find the packets. Nah, he, he got Frank the white man it. tested it. Yeah, Frank gets it and he's testing He's like... The white boy's, like, it's 100% pure. First of all, only cops get 100% pure fucking coke. No one on the street is ever getting 100% pure anything. But... I mean, they diluted. He got that shit. Got that shit, and he just in there. Keep it. He got... Yeah, he's like, he, he said, do you mind if I take it with you? Take it with you. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you got all the bucket necking holes in there bagging up the blue magic. So they can't steal. Chaz and Lon. Bucket naked. Say, <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong? You never seen Coochie before? He said, oh shit. <laughs> horny as shit. The boy that end up Dickie and Rick uh Nikki Barnes is in there horny as shit. But uh you you got him running. He went down into the trenches, basically, with the whole Guys on just to see how his product moving. He wanna observe the product. Yeah, the montage business is boom. Business is boom. I'm your mama, I'm your daddy, I'm that nigga in the alley. I'm your doctor when in need. Want some coke, have some weed. You know me, I'm your friend, your main boy, thick and thin. I'm your pusher man. I'm your pusher man. <laughs> he looking out there looking like Israel. If you ever seen that movie, he did. <laughs> he got an afro with a goatee that looked like armpit. Seeing how hard this shit hits the streets, you can tell that bullshit has an afro. I'm like, bro, how ain't none of that shit fall off? <laughs> and then the fucking goatee. You just rip That's what I'm that saying. Yo, I hate, I don't know about you, I hate when they got the scenes of people shooting heroin into their arms. I hate yeah. that visual. I hate it. I don't like seeing it, but I think. They're trying to drive home how destructive the drug. No, I is. get it, but I'm just yeah. saying personally. You see the blood shoot up, you like, why do you do that? You need to get high that bad to the point that ew, I used to see that bro. shit going. I used to see that shit going to school every morning. Trust me, I know, nigga. Yeah, got to step around needles and shit, but it is what it is. And we got the same. What he did? This was just a flex scene. That nigga said, "Uh, he was looking at the piano. I take it. No loans, no payment plans, nothing." Cash. Give me that. Think, um, another thing this movie does to kind of curtail the uh you're you're gonna love Denzel because it's Denzel. It's Denzel. Try and skip over that embellishment it does with the gangster lifestyle. It skips the rags to bitches story. Like we never see Frank piss poor. Yeah, piss poor fucked up and trying to pull himself up by the bootstraps. We see him, he's somewhat well off and he's already doing good. Now he's just doing great. It skips all that. It gets straight to the point where he has the big house, all that shit. Business is booming. Hands all that in the montage. Yeah. Whereas, like, 
you don't have that like that underdog narrative for Frank, where it's like you're rooting for him to be great, even though he's a sicko. It doesn't have that, and I think that's a he's a sociopath. Definitely, definitely. Any, anybody that does what he does is you're killing yeah. people. Let's be real. Yeah, that's what it focuses on. It's it focuses on the damage. The damage his drugs are doing, as opposed to the money he's bringing in. And that's what that montage has. served. He's watching yeah. his shit move. Yeah. <clears throat> you want to talk about the court scene? Definitely. <laughs> um, there's <laughs> too much doesn't go on this first. That's time. what I'm saying. It's just yeah, Richie, because he starts. He's sitting the whole time, doesn't give a fuck about anything that's being said. And he's just like, I want to fuck you. <laughs> I'm not talking about your proclivities, Richie. Those I only know too well. I'm talking about being a cop. You're talking about taking money? I don't do that. It's not my thing. Uh, what about your friends from the neighborhood? Do you still hang out with them? Yeah. Play baseball on the weekends. Wise guys? It's going to look good. Guys I went to high school with, so what? What about Joseph Sedano? about him. Oh, Jim, just trying to understand things your wife has said. They're not true. Tell me. Yeah, he's one of them. Is he also your son's godfather? Yeah. It's definitely fucking her. Do you really care about this? Or do you just not want her to win ever? You know, there's an interview room on the second floor. That's what I thought. Oh, looks from the inside. All right. It's a, uh... <laughs> It's an investigation room on the third floor. It's like, why do you know this? <laughs> Fucking creep. Like, then the next thing, he just digging on the counter. Yeah, <laughs> Phone start ringing. She said, don't answer. Does, he dip her bro, down like, hello? Doesn't pull out. Still in there. Never do. Phone. It's like, what is Heavy sunny vibes. He dipped her down. Hello? Still in there. No, no not even a hello. Whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. No, what are them jokes? Wiped his mouth real quick. What? <laughs> Drop that bitch right off. What you mean? They go to the uh what do you call it? No, yeah, yeah. No, he got the phone call because the phone call was Jay overdose. Jay overdose, which gives him a natural investment into getting blue magic off the street. Cause yeah. even though Jay did some shit that fucked some fucked up but shit. But this is your drunk, friend at the end of the this day. This is still my friend at the end of the day. It's yeah. like and I lost him Man. to Blue Magic. I lost my friend to this shit, and it ties them two in together. And we got ugly-ass Daryl playing a detective in this movie. If you've ever seen Walking <laughs> Dead, it's the only nigga that looked like he combed his hair with swamp water. <laughs> the ugly bitch. I hate his face. Come on, man. <laughs> then there's... Um, I think the another, like, really interesting thing I does with it, it plays on the, this inversion of character tropes where it's like, Richie has to assemble the Avengers of drug bosses because well, no it's one not he it. has to assemble. It's the fact that them cops will kill him in that in there. And his, his no chief one in knows his district. No one in his district trusts him or wants to work with him. So he has to go outsource his uh his team. Well, whereas Frank, you got start talking about the war on drugs. That's where this thing is predicated on. Where Ronald Reagan started that. This is how this started. They started a, a task force. So you can talk about that. Oh, they do have a little movie clip. All right, yeah, so basically, yeah. we're on drugs. It was a roundabout way to, for whatever reason, most likely because of the rise of the NCAACP and the changes that the black community were affecting. They co-opted, the they co-opted the war on drugs along with Cointel Pro. Um, 
when we when we do spoiler alert, when we do Judas and the Black Messiah, we can talk about Cointel Pro because in gonna every way of it, every way. Of yeah, it. but we're gonna have to. But for the roundabout right now, you can just Google it, and you'll get the Wikipedia page. You'll understand essentially what Cointel Pro is. Yeah, but the war on drugs was a way for them them being the state, the U.S. government, the church, yeah. whatever the fuck you want to call it, have a convene out into black homes, and we're going to essentially pull the leadership, which at that point was the male father figures, out of these homes and disjoint it that way, because we cut the head off the snake, the body won't move. And we're still feeling the effects of that today. Couple that with, like we were talking about earlier, with welfare, you have a recipe for a disjointed family. I agree. A thousand that percent. perpetuates generations upon generations. Everyone knows the war on drugs was bad. Everyone knows the war on drugs was wrong. But we need to get to the root of why. What was what was the agenda behind it? Just uh, breaking up black homes. No, uh, we really know why. Was. People right. know why. I'm saying and when it was happening, people were realizing that. Oh, the crack, the crack epidemic. That was the, what it essentially was. But this was about 10 years before we get into it. Yeah, the crack epidemic. Basically, we hit the streets. New Jack City, all those movies where it's like the 80s. 80s babies. This is most of our demographic for some reason. But (laughs) most of our fan base is the 80 babies. But they know. They grew up with it. They live with it. They understand how hard crack hit the streets. We still talk about it to the day. Still feeling the effects of it. Most of us are raised by them. But... And that just basically leads to the fact that, you, like you said, he has to be outsourced. So his chief comes in there and was like, he was basically talking about Reagan. This war on drugs thing has the FBI starting up a task force. And we yeah. need you as the head Boy Scout to tag up with a bunch of other Boy Scouts and get out there and get this blue magic shit off the street. Is you ready? Just uh, try to get the, yeah, basically go assemble the Avengers yeah. to go take out this drug money. That nigga straight just said, like, never step your foot in this, in this precinct again. And he has to go uh, rent out that church-like place. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Frank, Richie has to go outsource his team because no one trusts him. Whereas Frank, and then the next scene is Frank calling up his family because that's the only people he trusts. North Carolina. That's just an interesting uh, play they're doing where they're really trying to drive home the juxtaposition between these two people. Typical black family. The mom is the head of the household with a million yeah. people. A nice matriarchy. And it's a real big-ass family like how it used yeah. to be back in the day. Not so much anymore. Nah. It's a real big-ass family where all the cousins, all the... You can only do that shit in a black household where you could call the cousin and somehow all 37 Everybody members... Everybody just of your, there. All 37 members of your extended family just happen to be there. <laughs> that nigga said... Think it is, boy. Frank. Well, Frank, who? Frank, your brother, Nick Crow. Frank? Ah. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Melvin! Melvin, where's Mark? What? Where's Frank's on the phone? Hey, How you doing, Frank? Frank on the phone! Hey, what? Mama, Frank on the phone! Frank! Oh, my lord. Yeah, when? Well, you just saying, man. Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna call y'all back at 6 o'clock. I want you to get everybody together, all right? Get mama, get everybody, all right? Okay. Hey, what up, boy? Who this? Frank. Frank who? Frank, Yo, your cousin, brother. Nigga, Negro. No, this was his brother. Yo, brother. He, he said, mama. Mama. Frank, you on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> At 6 so o'clock, I want you to get everybody together. And he brings him up and he gives him the rundown about Bumpy and everything. Bumpy is still there. But basically, 
y'all about to be my street soldiers and we about to whatever, whatever. He said, how are we going to take over New York? What you selling, Frank? And that's when they walk into the drug house and they see the uh, the butt naked chicks, how they're bagging up the blue magic. For sure. And and red, funny as shit. Red top, like, this is my bottom bitch. Red top. Like, what's the matter with y'all niggas? Y'all ain't never seen Coochie before? <laughs> I think before we keep going on, I do want to uh, talk about how what it does internally in his household. Because when they first get to the house, his big-ass family, they have a big a big dinner. Big dinner. Typical of black family. So I remember he was talking to his brother, common boy head ass. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, his son was T.I. in the movie. Yes. And he was talking about like how he had a hell of a pitching arm and he is that after? To play I'm after. No, this is right now. I'm looking at it. You know I know. Okay. Oh yeah, okay, okay, okay. So okay. they have this scene where he's talking to T.I. and he's like, he got a hell of an arm. He wanna play baseball. This is where it starts off. He got a established dream. Yeah, but then later in the movie we see how what Frank does changes the dynamic of his family. To to further establish the poison that Frank actually is, just exactly. in case you had any thought that you wanted to be Frank Lucas. Because they already showed you how hard that drug is hitting the streets. They didn't harp on the fact that Frank Lucas was making mad money off that shit. They harped on the fact that he was killing people by proxy of just supplying them with their vices. And then, you know, the next thing that's important, you know, you get Richie here in the strip club with the rest of the guys that he didn't round it up. Both these guys are good with wires. They got solid informants. They're, they're honest and they're fearless. They're, they're insane, Richie, like you. Where are they? Ah, that's, uh, that's Jones with the skinny white broad. Best I ever seen on the street. He knows dope, but he's together. Right? He's a stand-up guy all around. And that's a bruise, though, with the two fat black ones. <laughs> he, he loves a big ass, man. <laughs> he, he, he's a bulldog. You don't fuck around, right? You got a bit of a temper, yeah, but you can trust this guy with your grandmother. Listen, we work together. You want me? You got to take them, too. When we start. Yeah, that job turkey ass cop, the black bull. Job turkey. <laughs> over there dancing. <laughs> and there with the white girls. <laughs> right. the, the skinny bull who named we don't know, but he dancing with the uh, with two, two fat black girls. <laughs> he said he loves him a fat ass. He's a bulldog, and I'm going to do anything without him, man. You want he me? He's just you looking at him like, okay. The anyway. jive turkey and the plubby pumper. <laughs> <laughs> but now, uh, next scene, nigga, we get 20%. this. Uh, Woo! He ever they breakfast with his brothers. At the same spot, because Frank is a man of routine, they're at the same spot, and he basically giving them a rundown, and he like. So you are what you are in this world. That's either one or two things. Either you're somebody... Nobody be right back. I need these fresh. If I come back here and get you, you know what it is. Can't go. Yes, sir. Play that. Yes, sir. I hear you. You won't have to come back. There will be no problem. What about you, Frank? You need anything? Where's my money? Red Top gave you the package. He's supposed to be handing me my money. Here's a jar right here. 20%. Oh, you got the jar? That's right. <laughs> get the fuck out of here, Frank. Oh, what you gonna do? What the fuck you gonna do, Frank? Huh? What you doing? You gonna shoot me? In front of everybody, huh? Come on. There you go. Twenty percent. So what was I saying? 
Hold that thought because he's seen interest down the street. I'll be right back. Dumps the sugar out onto a plate. <laughs> takes the it. jar. Takes the jar. 20%. Runs up Where's on Where's my money? Where's my money? Where's like, first of all, we we run up on Idris and he's fucking with the merchant. And he's like, come on, man, what you why are you giving that man a hard time? And he's like, what you gonna shoot me in the street, cold blood, Frank? Then reach in his pocket, take his money, and then leave and him like give him money like, back. He left 20%. him like forty dollars, twenty percent. Leave the sugar with him, twenty percent. And then came Frank. and sat back down. Where was I? And went back to eating. Like Frank is a cold-hearted He's bastard. He's a sociopath. Then, yeah, and then another thing this movie does to like, so you don't think you want to be Frank because in fucking Scarface, they were cutting off uh, Al Pacino and they'd be like, oh, he a badass. Yeah, but this movie. You see the brothers and they looking at him like the fuck? Why what's wrong with you? And everybody's like, this oh speaks to that the Sicilian household type of vibe. It's to the point where you got your thumb on the on the neighborhood that you're taking care of. If you do your dirt, ain't nobody gonna say shit. Ain't nobody see shit. That's what he said. That's what he said. Yeah, see that's what he shit. said at the end of the movie. We're not gonna get ahead of ourselves, but that's what he said at the end of the movie. That's a fact. I took care of Harlem. Harlem gonna take care of me. <laughs> he was like, no, nah, I did not. <laughs> But the next thing you got the Avengers testing. Yeah, the, the Avengers laughing at Richie again. The movie recognizes how ridiculous Richie was with his morals. Yeah. It was like, he said, hold up, hold up. Before we do anything, I heard you turned in a million dollars. Say, anybody got a problem with that? Yeah, nigga. Yeah. You. No, nigga's hands was like, I do. <laughs> yeah. He said, I couldn't have did that shit, dog. I ain't even gonna lie to you. And Richie is like, yeah, I, I probably should have took the money and fucking retired, man. But the next thing after that, we see Richie taking the bar exam. You don't realize it's the bar exam right away, but you see Richie taking the test. Yeah. All we know initially is that he's in night school. Yeah. And for those who don't know, the bar exam is the test you got to take to be a lawyer, be a lawyer which sets yep. up, which is paid off for at the end. The next scene, yeah, we, we this a club. Yeah. The next scene, we uh, get, first of all, before we skip there, we can't we can't uh, skip over the dramatic irony where they're trying to figure out who has the blue magic. And dramatic irony is when the audience knows something that characters in the movie doesn't. No, no. But it isn't it isn't drummed up where it's like stupidity, but it's like something we've already seen play out. And now we're trying to figure out how Richie is going to pin Frank Lucas. Agree. That dramatic irony. And then another thing the movie does to drum it home, it goes as he says, we have to figure out who's dealing. The blue magic, and then it cuts straight to Frank. And we're reintroduced to Nikki Barnes' character after we just X'd out uh, Idris Elba's character. That scene was really what it really was for was just reinforcing uh, Richie's character motivation. Yeah, he gets into the, the big thing about how everybody who has an obsession with needles, and then the black dude pushes back like, "Yeah, this is the drug for those white suburban kids that's scared of needles. They can it's potent enough that, to smoke it's it. It's so good you can smoke. You it. can smoke that shit. Yeah, that was just reinforcing his character motivation. Yeah, and why they uh, need to go get this shit out the way. Yeah, yeah. typical movie shit. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> Moving right along. Want to talk about the club scene? Yeah, because. He's at the club, and this is just Frank Hubris in full effect, where he's he's going at the heavyweight, a former heavyweight champ's wife, yeah, <laughs> in Joe front Lewis, of his right? face, in front of his face, like, bro, who you, who is you right now? No, first of all, let's talk about how to. I, then he paid I, off his debt. Man, fuck this! Every week I gotta point out the dick eater in the movie. His <laughs> brother's a dick. Eater. He oh, kissing Nikki Barnes' ass. Oh, 
Nikki, you just came here. Dressing like him and shit. Dickie. Dickie, bro, come on, man. But he said, oh, he said, why you? He did Frank gets in that class. He's like, why you got this loud ass suit on? It's a costume on, with a big sign on it that says arrest me. You understand? You're too loud. You're making too much noise. Look at me. The loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. I told you that. All right? But you trying to be like Nicky Bonds and him? What's your problem with Nikki, man? I like I ain't Nikki. got no problem with Nikki. Oh, you like Nikki? Yeah. You want to be like Nikki? You want to be super fly? Huh? You want to you work for him? Huh? Share a jail cell with him? Maybe cook for him? He wants to talk to you. Oh, so now you talking to him about me now? What, what, no, about like what? What is it, it about? It ain't like that. Then what you is it talking, like? Your name came up. I about I what? I don't know, man. I told him I'll tell you. You know, <laughs> boy, you... <laughs> You know, if you wasn't my brother, I'd kill you. You know that, don't you? I'd blow your motherfucking brains out. Man, don't be like that. I'm taking you shopping this so week. He said, look at The loudest you. one in the room is the weakest one. He said, you don't like my suit? He said, oh, yeah, I like your suit. You want to be like Nikki? Huh? Huh? He said, you, that, you know what It screams, arrest me with the Denzel right. chest. You want to be like, like Nikki? You want to go to jail with Nikki? You want to die with Nikki? That's what you want to do? He said, you want to go like work Nikki? for him? He said, what are you talking about, man? Said, Typical man. Nikki and shit. You're too loud. You're making too much noise. If you, you want to be super brother, fly, if you wasn't my brother, I'd kill I you. i kill you. i blow your fucking brains out. Come you, here. You, and then you, he kiss him. I'm taking you, you shopping this week. <laughs> you you know, like, oh, that motherfucker mean that shit. <laughs> He's a sociopath. i blow your motherfucking brains out. I'm taking you shopping this week. If you wasn't my brother, I'd blow your motherfucking brains out. Oh, <laughs> I want you to watch Godfather too. This is just like that. I know it was you, Vito. I'm like, damn. What's up with niggas' brothers being dick eaters? Yeah, and that's just establishing his disdain for uh, flashy attention seekers. Yeah. And Nikki, <laughs> Nikki is just that personified. It's Cuba Good Jr. I imagined he would be this character. But <laughs> what, I, what I was about to say, they give a typical pre-AIDS shit going on. Niggas in the middle of the club, tongue and knees hoes down. I'm talking about his tongue is touching this bitch tonsils. Put a mask on. I'm like, with you. niggas are sitting at the movie like <laughs> six feet away. <laughs> I'm at his tongue in this bitch throat. Like playing who who the fuck was singing? I always call that nigga Anthony Hamilton, but I'm sure that, that was Anthony. Anthony. Yes, it was. It was. That was Anthony exactly Hamilton. I know him. the fucking. You know that voice. And I know that fucking beard. No, yeah, beard. yeah, that's just splotchy <laughs> than a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he got a Phil nigga beard. That nigga look like Django. Real shit. Like, why your beard don't connect? Cut that shit off, man. You he in the way. Or at least shave it down. Like, then there's mutton chops. <laughs> <laughs> no, chill out, bro. But that's now, the, nah, that shit like the bone from the pork chop just stuck on the side of his face that's, right that's there. That's what you know, they used to call it in the 70s the pork chop sideburns. <laughs> No, that's the mutton chops, the full joint. He got My that thin ass Then that shit got the audacity to connect to his mustache. The audacity that face you here. Are you half-ass motherfucker? <laughs> no beard whatsoever. It's just sideburns connected to a mustache. The fuck? But I do love that scene, though, when he paid Joe Lewis debt. I do like that. Yeah, and it's like your uh, payment for me paying your debt is I'm going to take I'm your girl. I'm taking your bitch, yes. yes. <laughs> just so, like, just you, so you know... 50 you needed 50 G's? I didn't need that pussy, nigga. That's just what it's going to be. That was bad, too, wasn't she? Uh, Miss uh, Puerto Rico? Yeah. Is she a beauty queen? The yeah. beauty queen. He's, He's a dick eater, ain't he? Then he? That was the driver, though. The driver was supposed to be a dick eater. The beauty queen. <laughs> then, then he then he tee him up real quick. And he go play. 
Walk off and then walk off real smooth, like fuck. But you see when Denzel was talking to her at the coat check, though. He talked about our opinion. Typical Denzel. He said, "Why, why do you call it Smalls? We we get a lot of plays on why Biggie went by the name he went by, but he niggas said, know. When you own something, you call it whatever you want, baby. Like why do you call Smalls? it Smalls? Why not Frankie? Or oh, like Frank. Or <laughs> oh, like Frank. Frankie Smalls. Smalls Frank. <laughs> Talk to her, bitch. Right out. Talk to her. Right out her panties. Right there. When you start smiling, I got you. What, you, what 50 said this in 2003. If she smiles, she gone. He, he, that nigga was cooler than the other side of the pillow. Like, come on, I'm about Denzel. to go back to my table. Said, you, you need somebody to walk with you? He said, she ain't saying that. He's like, do you? All right, then. Yeah. Let's go. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> It's a bad motherfucker right here, he man. Been like this. Come on. All right, then the next scene after you see um after that, the, the cops are just fucking lost. They they try and pin the Italians on the shit. Like, no, nah, man, it ain't them. And then this is also an effect that but uh the thing is Richie knows that they're lost too, because he's in there, he's going over. He's like, Have you ever even seen any of these guys make a drug bust? Right. Or sell we don't drugs? Know shit. Like, you know, just assuming shit. This ain't gonna stick. First of we all, got snitches. Then he like the one league they had died four weeks ago. He's like he's been dead for four weeks now. And on top of that, the defense attorney and him came out because you know he just got the letter that he passed the bar. Yeah, and it's a statement that he's None trying of this to get is out. Gonna the, stick in court, like he trying to get out the cop game. When you see he passed the bar exam, like I said that we saw him taking earlier, but it's also coupled with the fact that no cop actually likes you or wants to work with you. Honestly, so now he's just trying to. Uh, and I think when he, he what really drives him home to get out the drug games when he runs into the New York cops again. Yeah. Hold on one second. This is when they they go on basically. They the out there acting like fiends. Yeah, they acting like fiends, which isn't really important, you know. No, it's a montage. That's all I wrote down. Montage. It's the police work montage. They bugging this shit. They getting phone calls. Whatever. Getting more pictures. Of dumbass hands on. I agree. <laughs> But that's when they get the prop money and they go straight and that leads them directly on the. Oh, no, there wasn't no cop. prop money. No, it was yeah. the it wasn't prop money per se, but it was money they used to trace it. Yeah, my and thing was I, I hate this in movies. Niggas got these big ass briefcases. He got twenty thousand dollars in it. The money <laughs> fit in one corner on the top right side. The money fit in your pocket. <laughs> this nigga said twenty thousand dollars. I was like, what the fuck. And he and was serious about not losing his fucking money. And that's when he runs right into the New York cops. Yeah, exactly. Chasing down Op- their money. Officer, 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 that, that, that's my money. Hey, guys. Guys, officers. Hey, I'm Richie Robinson. Do it. Uh, that, that's uh, my money. What money? What? What money? The bills are, are sequenced, right? They're registered with the Essex County Prosecutor's Office. Just check them out. They all start with CF3500. Have a look. Fucking registers. Thought I had a fucking Chris Craft sitting in my driveway. <laughs> Honest mistake. I'll just get the money. Eh? This time. All right. There it is. All right. This is the last time I was in Jersey. Let me think. Neville. What are you doing coming over here unannounced? You think you get hurt doing that? You got your fucking money, Richie. And never, ever 
coming to this city again unannounced. You come in to see a fucking Broadway show, you call ahead first, see if it's okay with me. No problem. You, you check that money in the CC. They draw with the figure, like. <laughs> you see it says CF, and they all start, they all start with CF, and it says 300 all the way through. That, 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 that's my money also. <laughs> <laughs> no. Every cop that's gonna be a douchebag got that thick ass mustache. Yeah, and then fucking fuck is his name? John something. I'm trying to remember the actor's name. No, something with a B. I forget. I think he plays Thanos. No, yeah. oh, you fucking up, Josh Brolin, nigga. Yeah, Josh Brolin. He yeah, just don't, in there don't get me like it. He's hurt. He just in there. He said, uh, "You, you, you just come in the fucking New York when you feel like it, huh?" <laughs> You said you wanted to check in with me next time you want to come and take your little fucking money, Richie. Make sure it's safe next time you come out here and throw that shit at you. Now, that's a nice car you got the there. that's a nice car you got there. Yeah. Have yeah, a good fucking trip back to Jersey. <laughs> Mad as shit. You didn't What's get that money. What's wrong with you? And it ties both protagonists into the one central antagonist. That's where it became really clear to me. This movie is framed to have two protagonists because they both have one United antagonists, let's say um, Infinity War, where it's Captain yeah. America and Tony Stark, and their one uniting antagonist is Thanos. It's like that, essentially, even though Thanos is the protagonist of Infinity War. <clears throat> bada boom, bada bing, moving right along. I'm not fucking with you today. <laughs> you see, this uh, is the scene where he picks up the beauty queen. Yeah, and he go and has, makes an honest woman out of her by showing him to his mama. Yeah, come on, Denzel. That's all you got is classified. Yeah, he, he goes shows him to his mama or whatever. This is also his last happy moment. This is the last bit of happiness he gets because he's showing it to his mom. He's like, "Now nah, I'm only showing you, bringing you to my mama because I want to make an honest woman. I want to marry you. I wish." First of all, he fucking calls Bumpy his dad. <laughs> I respect it. First of all, he called like, him Martin Luther King at first. Oh, <laughs> her, her uncultured ass called him Martin Luther King. It's like, who is this? So that's Martin Luther King. Really? No. no that's my not. dad. That's my dad. <laughs> said, really? No, but he No, but well he was like my dad. <laughs> yeah, he might as well been. He was playing with her little heart. Yeah, getting a little funnies in. But sure. after this, we cut right to Richie, and he's right back to being the womanizer. And some pussy, yeah. like. Right, and some pussy. Then. Then kisses the steward is on the way out in, in front, front of, of the social pro- worker in front of child protective services and didn't even realize he had an appointment with them. He's like, she was like, wait a minute for what? Child pro- Fuck. Like- Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then that's when you find out the mob because Richie has connections to the mob. That's um that was established a bit earlier in the court scene that we kind of skipped over. Yeah. Where Richie has connections to the mob. Wise guys, they called them. What yeah. wise guys? <laughs> who, who do you know? And if you, they dropped the names a couple times. I forget the names, so they're not really important. But they dropped, they name dropped a couple people. He's like, so what? I play baseball with them on the weekends. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Shit like that. Exactly. Taking advantage of the ends he has, basically, just to get into. Yeah. yeah, that's really what he does. So he doesn't yeah, like course. he's a mob guy per se, but he he's just, playing you know, a cop. I, like, I, I got my ear to the streets. I know what's up. And that's when we find out the mob is not feeling Frank at all. Not even a little bit. I'm not, I'm not feeling your ghost at all. How, he's still, uh, he's still, he's still a black man. A yeah, blackie. I'm not feeling your ghost, blackie. Blackie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not feeling your ghost at all, blackie. <laughs> I ain't fucking with you, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I 
not fucking with you today. I had to pause and laugh because that shit funny, man. I must like the shot Quentin Tarantino when I meet him for saying that shit. What are you talking about, Blackie? Blackie, what? You got yourself a deal, Blackie? Blackie. The Blackman. The Blackman. Blackman. Yo, shut up, Look, it's the Tabani. The black but Yo, we be drunk, bro. All right, all right, Blackie, get back to the movie. <laughs> so next, next thing, basically, what it is is another montage. Frank getting more Business keys, booming, booming, booming. Not even just that. He, he, he washing that money. He getting all legitimate businesses and getting putting his brothers in different boroughs with legitimate mm-hmm. businesses, yeah. Got New York in the chokehold, basically. Yo, shit, not even just them, the whole tri-state. For real? Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, because yeah, should go be down to Delaware. Yeah, my sister should go all be down to Delaware. Yep. But, um, that's when we get the payoff for the uh, T.I. subplot, where it's not the payoff, but it sets up something where he gets him a meeting with the Yankees. Yep. At the party, just got that much clout that the owner of the Yankees is just at your party. Come on, man. And it's like, this is my ne- bro. Get him a straight up tryout. This is my nephew right here. He got a major league arm right here. He said, I want you to go and meet with them. And it get you having a good conversation with this white man and get interrupted by a nigga moment. <laughs> That's what I was about to get at. Where it's like, we already know. Because first of all, Frank is eyeing the debauchery. Like we're aware that Frank he just knows sipping what's going his mimosa, on. He like, but he letting it cook. <laughs> he letting it cook because it ain't a full <laughs> nigga yet. Like this, it, oh, this no. just in a nigga moment. Yes, this just shit. Just some nigga shit. You know I mean, it's, it's gonna be a nigga thing. moment where you got a nigga with a pinstripe suit and a nigga <laughs> with a turtleneck suit on. This is Over a problem there. already. Then they start getting loud and real ignorant about it. It's like, all right. They snorted coke off his new piano, bro. Off my piano, off my mama's that was never piano. One. Yeah, this off mama place. My mama, my mama shit. <laughs> my mama shit. <laughs> no, nah, I'm gonna have to drop that fine china back in there. <laughs> <laughs> off the, off the. Fine china. Fine china. You snorting this shit and going crazy. Sometimes the Joe, you tilt your head and hit it hard. Then y'all start getting loud as shit. And then you one of you dickheads go he shoot somebody, shot somebody in my house. In my house. At my party, you walk right up to him and beat the shit out of him. Like, no, him jamming here, his here. head in that fucking pen. Mm, mm. Come here, come here. You dumb motherfucker. <laughs> he said, all right, now everybody get the fuck out. <laughs> Yo, and he dug in his brother ass after that. You know we're going to have to drop that alpaca line. Hey, 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 hey. Don't rub on that. You blocked that. You understand? That's alpaca. That's $25,000 alpaca. You block that shit. You don't rub them. Put the club soda on them. That's $25,000 alpaca. You block that shit. You block that shit. (laughs) He said, he said, (laughs) and that shit fucking drive him. You get him out of here. I don't want to see him no more. He hit him with the Sunday. You remember that part where he was like, yeah, go drink some of that weed? I don't never want to see that motherfucker again. (laughs) Take them fucking glasses. Take them fucking glasses off. He gave that nigga a blood clot in his eye, still driving the Cadillac. <laughs> he did smash then, the shit out them glasses. God damn it! Take them fucking glasses off. You in the house? It's dark as shit. You got all sunglasses. I already know you snorting my shit, nigga. Right? You already getting high off my own supply, but I'm letting you be. 
It don't make. Why did he shoot that nigga in the house at the middle of a party? He was coked up, bro. He's out of his coked mind. up on some weird shit. Like he's he doing dumb mind. shit. You, you asked for that ass whooping. Who you he thought did. she was? Did you hear the Everybody. crack of his skull? Everybody was looking at Frank like Frank was wild, and he was. No, motherfucker, you shot somebody in my house. Are you crazy? In front of people? Witnesses? Did, Is you crazy? He turned around like, everybody get the fuck out. Everybody. Go on now. <laughs> He's digging his brother ass on multiple. That's what you get for being a dick eater. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. Turn, Turn my, my pages, bitch. bitch. <laughs> he getting um, a blood clot. I don't forgive him for that. Not at all. And then the next scene is Frank basically owning the mob. The mob has to eat out Frank's hands, and they're not a fan of it. He's trying to make a living. Well, it's your right. I mean, it's everyone's right. It's America. We just can't do it at that unreasonable expense of others. Because that becomes un-American. That's why the price we pay for that gallon of milk could never represent the true cost of production, because it's got to be controlled, right? It's got to be set. It's got to be fair. Got to be controlled by who? I set a price that I think is fair. I don't think it's fair. You don't? I don't think it's fair. I think it's fair. I mean, I know your customers are happy, Frank. Bunch of fucking junkies that they are. (laughs) What about your fellow dairy farmers out here, Frank? Are you thinking of us? You thinking of them? Dairy farmers? Yeah. (laughs) I'm thinking of them, Dominic, about as much as they've ever thought about me. And I'm just thinking out loud now. If you took some of your inventory, and you sold it wholesale. That's it. We could work. We could do some distribution. I don't know. I'm pretty good, Dominic. You know, I got 110th, 155th, river to river. I'm all right. Well, it's kind of a mom and pop store next to what I'm talking about. I mean, let's go the least bigger than Kmart. I'm talking about L.A., Chicago, Detroit, Las Vegas. Let's go nationwide, huh? I'm going to guarantee you peace of mind here. You don't want that. You're gonna need it. I don't know how you view me, you know. I'm kind of a renaissance man, Frank. You know, the people I deal with on a daily basis, you know, they're, they're not enlightened, Frank. You talk to them about civil rights, they don't know, you know. They're not open to change. Not from the way things are done and who's doing it. I talk to them, there's just no misunderstandings. And that's what I mean by your peace of mind. You're paying, what, 75, 80,000 a kilo? I'm a renaissance man, too. I'll consider 50,000. Frank, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a renaissance man, you know. Master Mike. He gave me veto. You do a little thread, Paul, where it's like, you know, people in my business, people like me, they're not too happy with you. Doing what you're doing. Yeah, we know we really always is. thinking. Y'all don't want to see a black man prosper. Yeah, y'all, y'all like that a black know. man is running that shit now. We don't. Come on, man. <laughs> That's really what it is. But it's framed in the way it's like you upset the market, so we're not fans of that. But just really, that said, oh, I'm, a, I'm upset the market. Yeah, he said, you know what? But since I'm a renaissance man myself, I sell to wholesale. Let's say fifty a key. Cause I'm getting the shit from the source, so it don't even matter at that yeah, point. Yeah, he said, "What you paying? Seventy five, eighty thousand? I'll consider fifty. You need me. <laughs> Let's not act like this the other way around. 
They try to gaslight him with opportunities of spreading out the business further in the country. No, nigga. In protection. Protection. I don't need you, man. Shut Shut up. I don't need nothing from y'all. Y'all need me right now. That's why you begging. That's why you invited me to your house. You metaphorically on your knees right now. I know. Come on, Red. Then that's when uh, Miss Puerto Rico is like, I don't like these people, Frank. Why do you trust him? Like... Why you make her sound like Pedro off Napoleon Dynamite? Well, <laughs> <how> she sell. <laughs> I don't trust these people, Frank. <laughs> I don't trust these people. So, what do you like, Napoleon? It's a liger. <laughs> it's a, oh. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm going to run for a class president. <laughs> <laughs> Vote what for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. <laughs> He said, oh, it's a fucking sweet bike you got, man. You ever take on some mad jumps? You ever take on some sweet jumps? <laughs> Do you mind if I try really quick? Hop on that little ass. <laughs> <laughs> how do we get to, bro, how do we get to Napoleon Dynamite? Come you on, let's move on. You said I made it sound like Pedro. You said, why do you think they pick up bike? Why you start I saying it like she said it? Bro, you made her talk like a song for it, Gary, but- Remember the Canadian's hands were jumping off their shit? <laughs> I don't got these people. Shut <laughs> <laughs> oh, your so... fucking face, Uncle Fucker. No, for real. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shut up. <laughs> but, oh, um, shit. Move along. Move along, yo. Move right along. Move right along, Blackie. Let's go. Let's go, Blackie. Blackie. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Oh, fuck Quentin Tarantino. What? <laughs> what are you talking about, Blackie? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, moving along, the Frank owns the mob, and then this cut after Frank makes the deal with the mob. The Avengers are still lost. They still don't have any idea. They don't have a goddamn thing going. A motherfucking clue. But and then we we get <laughs> for some Frank reason, starts falling into his vices. He starts feeling himself. He starts feeling like he's... Unt- Once he gets the mob to eat out his hands, that's when he starts feeling like he's Superman. He starts wearing the fucking... Uh, that's when he accepts the mink coat. Something he would have never worn before. Because at this point, he's like, you loud as shit, you flash, you drawing attention to yourself. Something he would have never, ever worn before. Yeah. But he, he was... And now he was, he's about to wear that shit to the... Not even... Even Richie says, he's like, we're not just going to a fight. This is politics. This is a dick swinging contest at this point, yeah. basically. His wife bought him that coat. Yeah, it's a it's a gift. First of all, let's get this out the way. You're not gifting me shit if you use my money to buy it, motherfucker. You just bought, bought it. it for me, right? You right. just bought it for me. This is not a gift. That's funny as shit. Not that bullshit ass hat. That that dumb ass hat. I know that shit was hot. And then he got I an air for one under it. No. He got two alpacas on. He got no, two for this, You blocked that shit. <laughs> <laughs> The boy behind him is like, hey, Frank, you going to keep that head up all night? I ain't going to see Wasn't the fight. Josh Brolin? Yeah. Josh Brolin? No, 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 no. Josh Brolin no, was, was one of my bosses. Yeah, it was a mob boss. So Josh know, Brolin was hated watch. typically. He was like, who that? How from you get the, so from fucking way close? in the back. How you get better seats than me? He said, hold up, bitch. Doing this that's, that's, really, that's why he really started fucking with Frank, because Frank was just doing way better than you. Yeah. That nigga said, you going to yeah. take off your head? He Meanwhile, said, shit, you paid for the fight. Yeah, he said, no, he said, you paid for this hat, motherfucker. He said, shit, you paid for it. <laughs> but um, Frank goes to the fight just to flex on niggas. That's really what he's going that's for. That's all the butt. Literally, no. Whereas Richie, whereas Richie was there for work. Richie there scouting the field, seeing who he said, this motherfucker. First of all, fucking Joe Lewis is walking with you when Muhammad Ali stops and to shake your hand. your hand. 
Like, who are you? <laughs> Why are you? This Why important? is this the picture? Why the camera that big? Right, and then this it's just that like... iconic scene of Frank Lucas just turn in a fucking alpaca. It's like, this is what got you fucked, nigga. <laughs> no, for real. Developing the picture literally, like, got his ass. Real rat. Then he go home and burn that shit. Oh, for real. Well, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. It's when the, uh, they get married and he gets yeah, shut down. In his life. And now, this is at this point, every time Frank has a wholesome moment with his family, something it's ruined bad. Immediately. Immediately. Like, you get no time to appreciate anything you have, quote unquote, accomplished. This nigga so he, he said, then he the cops pull him over as he gets married or whatever. Yep. He's like, Congratulations, Frank. Detective. So you sure you've done the right thing? I mean, she's a beautiful girl and all. Hey, hey listen, listen. Before you say anything about me or about my wife, understand this is the most important day of my life, Detective. Oh, I understand. I understand. You know, man walks around a $50,000 chinchilla coat and never even bought me a cup of coffee. There's something wrong there. Pay your bills, Frank. I know what you're talking Do you about. pay your bills, I asked you? If you are not getting your share, maybe you need to talk to the chief of police. What's my share? Because you don't even fucking know me. Maybe I'm special. You are special. You see that right there? Special Investigations Unit. Special. Get it? Ten grand. First of each month. Deliver it right here. Are you done? Oh, yeah, I'm done. Don't forget your card. Have a nice fucking honeymoon. Let's go. He said, before you say anything, just know this is the best day of my life right now. Think wisely, motherfucker. He said, no, for just, real. You just never stopped to speak to me, and I just want to know why you haven't thought you could speak to me yet. He said, maybe I'm special. Because he, he, he straight up, he was like, he thought he was a beat cop. He said, apparently, you need to talk to your chief if you're not getting yeah. paid. See, so maybe that's special. special investigation. investigations unit. Yeah. So oh, you special, all right? Special, right? <laughs> he said, so right here, the first of the month, every month. 10,000. Thank you, sir. That nigga burnt the shit out that jacket. Sat and watched it burn with this. And she was she just sitting there so distraught. She's like, I bought that I liked that it did that, that cold. With your money. <laughs> I don't track that fight. I'm f- I hate you for that. I hate you for that accent. What is wrong with you? I do not trust the people. Frank. I don't trust that. that, that. <laughs> Why do you trust these people? I don't like them, Frank. I don't like them. Me don't like them. <laughs> this Joe. This Joe. No, 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 no. Oh, the Casuela. <laughs> <laughs> Superman no <laughs> here. <laughs> I ain't fucking with you, dog. <laughs> I ain't fucking with you. I'm really not. All right. But anyway, we see a police montage again. And all this- of it, Richie just knows everything. Yeah, but but this time it's working. They started tying shit in where Richie's just like super genius. He knows genius. everything. Like this he knows point. everything about Frank Lucas, and he knows all about the businesses around the tri-state area and what they doing. He knows all his brother's names. I'm like, what the fuck? From, but you... But the movie's credit, they didn't just pull out his ass. Like, we saw the montage of them doing the undercover shit that they've been doing this whole time. That up until that point was getting them nowhere, but now they're actually getting somewhere. That, but also on top of that, we can't discredit the timeline. This is over the course of years. Over the course of years. Yeah, these years. montages are happening months and years after events. So it's not like it's just now he know. This might have been and a year the, later. And the montages are taking 
time in years, like not even over the course. They're these is months in this one little thirty. So you even see the character start to look a little bit different. Like Richie starts to get a little fatter and shit like that. Oh man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you always been on the gladiator. Not Russell. <laughs> you always been on the gladiator. Leave he's gladiator the fucking alone, bed, bro. I'm tired. <laughs> All right. Once <clears throat> you see, um, it's Thanksgiving Frank, time. Yeah, Frank starts handing out turkeys just like Bumpy would. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking turkey delivered to uh, fucking the dicky and ass New York cop. I forget his name. Josh Brolin. There we go. That's Thanos. Yeah, Thanos. I'm, I'm not I'm pretty sure that might be Thanos. No, it is right. him. It is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I knew I wasn't tripping. I said it earlier. All right. You can see that bullshit ass chin line and tell us Thanos. <laughs> 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 All right. So he's outside of that car he really likes just gets blown up real quick. He's hurt. It is Thanksgiving. Pissed. First of all, Frank is having a big ass Thanksgiving dinner with his family. A nice quality moment. This motherfucker is at home eating a, a tuna turkey sandwich. No, and then his cup with Richie. Richie over there crumbling up chips on a chicken on salad sandwich. And turkey was so in his in his in his boxers. <laughs> Man, his son got no family. Meanwhile, uh, fucking uh, Thanos over there eating a turkey by himself. Only to realize his car, his car, his favorite car getting blown the fuck he up. He blew up his first Infinity Stone. <laughs> that's, that's why he was mad. I'm like, God damn. Then you, we get more dope uh, montages. You see the families. Uh, no, how about the, the dude overdosing with his baby in the bed with him? Baby in the bed with him. And then they come in and it's like, everything's going to be okay. The baby just in there. The mom strung out, the dad dead, and the baby just in there crying. It's like, damn. Damn, Frank, you fucking up. More sociopathic montages. Yeah, then we go pull up on Nikki to get the payoff of that. Well, first of all, let me speak on the fact that this is what I was talking about earlier. We get the scene where T.I. is talking to Denzel. He's like, Uncle Frank, what's happening? How you doing? Cool. You want a drink? Just checking. Why didn't you show up for that meeting, Steve? Hmm? I set it up with the Yankees, Billy Martin. Why didn't you show up? Don't lie to me. I don't want to play ball no more. I decided. What you talking about? You decide. Decided what? That ain't, that ain't, that ain't what, what I want. What you talking about? You been playing since you was a little boy? You ready to go into the pros? What you? What? Frank, you got a problem. What you want? I want what you got, Uncle Frank. Be you. He's like, why you ain't show up to that meeting? I got you. I did skip over that. I did skip over that. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, he says, why you ain't show up to that meeting? I got you. And he's just like, I don't want to play ball no more, that. Uncle Frank. What you mean Something, you want to play ball? I want what you got. What, 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 what do think, I have? What do I have? And then he wow. just looks around. Yeah, right, you just look around, and I think the movie credit sits on that, where it's like it doesn't do anything further, just lets you wrestle that like this person throwing his life away for the chance of being a drug lord. Yeah, I'm gonna still call and him that, Rashad. Fuck that. Yeah, fuck out of here, Rashad. <laughs> I thought you, I thought you ain't had to be a dope boy to have money. Right, I thought that's what you got for washing the floors. <laughs> well, for cleaning the floors. The floor. <laughs> Yo, chill out, dog. What was about to say? Yeah, you see. He, he probably could have made more fucking money 
than Frank playing baseball. Baseball players make like $300 million. Ridiculous amount. Guaranteed. Ridiculous you fucking bucking, bro. This is a, a beautiful, this is a layup. But bro, you got, this is what's surrounding him right now. That's our culture. You want an instant gratification rather than working for it. Into the movie's credit, it doesn't treat this as something, you know, like something inspirational. She's like, you're a fucking buffoon. What's wrong with you? He's a dumbass. You're a Rashad. Like, the person who you want to be like is looking at you like you're a fucking fool. It's like, what? ain't that some shit? Yeah. And then the next thing, we basically got him riding in the car with his brother. And he still got this bullshit ass nigga driving him. What the <laughs> fuck are you looking at? <laughs> he looking through the rear view mirror and shit. And that nigga took his neck like. <laughs> The cops pull up on him. Now, you, you can talk about the Nikki. You can talk about the Nikki scene first. Is that first? Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. That is first. I, actually, we should just play the audio clip. That shit's fucking great. Yeah, everybody's good, Nick. You know, everybody's happy. Charlie Bass, the Italians, you know, Johnny Lowe. Everybody's happy except you. I'm happy, Frank. You happy? Really? Well, maybe I'm the one with a problem. Yeah, go on. Get it. Frank. I got a problem because I don't understand why you got to take something that's perfectly good and mess it up. See, brand name. Brand names mean something. Shut, up, Shut the fuck up! Go ahead, Frank. I'm sorry about that bullshit. Blue Magic. That's a brand name. Like Pepsi. That's a brand name. I stand behind it. I guarantee it. They know that even if they don't know me any more than they know the, the, the chairman of General Mills. What the fuck are you talking about? What I'm Frank? talking about is when you chop my dope down, the one, two, three, four, five percent, and then you call it blue magic, that is trademark infringement. You understand what I'm saying? I'll do respect, Frank. If I buy something, I own it. No, that ain't true. That ain't buy true. A car and you I want to paint right it. There. I can paint Yeah, but you don't have to. This is what I'm saying to you, Nick. You don't have to. It's good enough the way it is. You can make enough money off it the way it is just by calling it blue magic. Anything more than that is greed, son. What do you want, Frank? I'm going to change the name on it? I would have to insist that you change the name. Fine by me, Frank. I'll, uh, I'll call it Red Magic. There Even though they don't sound as good. I don't give a fuck what you call it. Put a chokehold on the <laughs> motherfucker and call it Blue Dog Shit. You know what I mean? I don't care. Just don't let me catch you doing this again. Catch me? Infringement? Insist? I don't like these words as much as please. Thank you. I'm sorry to bother you, Nikki. These are better words you use. You come to my motherfucking club without an invitation. Hear me? But he goes pulls up with Nikki because Nikki's fucking with the dope. Cutting getting high. Like, he's getting high, and then he's cutting his shit down to like five percent to me to be, just be greedy at this point because you're getting it at a cheaper price already. For real. <laughs> I'm gonna drop that like, ashtray. Since so why you gotta go fuck with my shit, Nikki? Why? Why? Why you gotta do that? <laughs> so then, so, oh yeah, he thought that they was diluting his shit. Yeah, he said we lost about five ten percent. He said said. Like Pepsi, like Coke. That's a brand, brand name. name. Blue Magic, I stand by it. It's a brand name. It's not stand by it. I guarantee it. He said you ain't got. He said you ain't got to huh? fuck with. It's already good. How it is. Hey guys, scenic podcast. Hendrix here. Technical difficulties. Excuse the audio. Thank you for your compliance. That nigga said compliance. That sounded like a urge message. Back to the podcast. <laughs> I'm be back like bell bottoms, baby. Why do you keep, <laughs> bro? Like, <laughs> you was bullshit too. I'm not fucking with you. We we back like do rags and fitted cats, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
Cracking no fuck now. I got you. You straight though? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Uh, damn. Going too hard, why don't you? Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> 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 Niggas was going crazy. <laughs> Hungry as shit over there. You good, man? That's that uh, ASMR shit where they be like, oh, no, bro. <laughs> Fuck you trying to record a podcast, mukbang the kid. That's that. <laughs> Fuck you, pussy. No, you've been getting, you've been grinding my ass up with the edits for like all oh, Black History Month, and I ain't done. <laughs> I'm on your ass like steak or shit now, nigga. <laughs> this nigga said we back like bell bottom, baby. <laughs> I'm not fucking with you. Talk about the scene, dog. <laughs> no, I ain't turning up. Fuck. Oh, shit. Hey, guys. Scenic Podcast. Hendrix here. Technical difficulties. Excuse the audio. Thank you for your compliance. That nigga said compliance. That sounded like a purge message. Back to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I ain't fucking with you, dog. <laughs> Why you had to do that, man? <laughs> Come on, skin. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm just trying to eat my tater chips. <laughs> you know what's funny? Ter- uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. in this movie, and I always confuse him with Terrence Howard. Yo, only reason I know the difference is because Cuba Gooding Jr. was punching air hard as shit and boys in the hood. He's always fucking with me. <laughs> Yo. Oh my God, I'm not fucking with you. Come on, man. That's the, only, that's the only reason I know the difference between the two of them. <laughs> oh, I'm not fucking with you no more. But if you showed me a picture of them two niggas back to back, I'd be like, why are you showing me the same person twice? <laughs> yeah, that's Terrence Howard. <laughs> that's also Terrence Howard. You ain't gonna fool me. And that's the skin you cut his, black. <laughs> you think because you cut his hair off, he ain't Terrence Howard no Bro, more. But that's Terrence Howard, but ball. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I ain't fucking with you, dog. <laughs> now we want to see where they get pulled over. Yeah, he gets pulled over and they go his brother uh, said, the car. Just they, to fuck the, with him. The though. shit in the car. He said, What? What? He what? Said, he said, What they gonna give us a ticket for speed? Ain't shit wrong. I ain't do that wrong. It's it's some shit in the car. Some shit in he said. He just looking like you you fucking fool. He said, You lucky I'm Denzel Washington. Watch me talk my shit. He said, uh, what's going on, officers? When, when they open the truck, he said, hey, Frank, come back here. Yeah. yeah. What you need? <laughs> what are we going to do about this? Yeah, do shit about it. We close it up, throw it back in the trunk, everybody go home, have some pumpkin pie, warm apple cider. Well, I, I got a better idea. Or would you rather me throw you and your brother in the fucking river? Or would you rather your house blows up next time? I love that car. I know. He said, what's this? this? We ain't going to do shit. We're going to zip the bag up and throw it back in the trunk. 
Exactly. Mind the goddamn business. Exactly what's going to happen. The fuck do you mean? When he got back in that car. He said, or how about your hands goes to jail for this? He said, or how about your house blows up next Next time? time. (laughs) He said, did you enjoy your Thanksgiving officer? Yeah, he said, I really love that car. I know. I I know know. you did. I know. (laughs) I know this. Uh-huh. He said, oh, how about you spend your night in Central Brooklyn? Or how about your oh, house, gee, house blows, blows up? up Nick, with the, with the, uh, <laughs> the open world yeah. eyes. How about the your house, house blows up? <laughs> how, how much you really want to do into this? How, you you want to turn it up? Let's see who got more volume, no, nigga. Real shit. With you. It would suck if you was in the house next time, wouldn't it? He gets in the car, but he's like, it's all cool. It's all cool. Looks around. Of course, Russell Crowe's back there peeping the whole thing, getting pictures of the... He the, peeped them, too. Got the cops... Hand doing hand to hand transaction too, so he got both the motherfuckers, which is important later. No, for sure. But <clears throat> then he, he whooped his brother ass in there. You he was, first of all, he wait till he wait till they all pulled over. Got him in that false and security where everything cool. He like sorry, oh, sorry. Move, fucker! <laughs> he started beating his head against the, the door and shit. I was just thinking, why you ain't swing back? Like, what what could have possibly went wrong at that point? He's not built for that, bro. Like, what if you whip Frank ass? At that point, you the boss, right? <laughs> no, at that point, you die. Yeah, probably. You already said he'll blow your fucking brains out. He's my cousins, though. These my family just as much as they your family. <laughs> but he's a dick eater. That's the difference. And he ain't smart like Frank. He can't run that shit like Frank. Remember shit. If you dick eater... I'm just saying, I'm not about to sit there and let you beat my head. You're going to have to kill me. <laughs> I'm not about to just. I'm not about to just sit there and take it. <laughs> right in the glass. I'm like beat this shit out of him. He had me hitting the side duck in the background where he'd be like, "Ah!" Oh. <laughs> 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 that nigga be confused as fuck. The next scene is um, they basically break the fourth wall and they're talking. I know you got to pull it up. I'm trying to frame it, but I don't have like a, a real grasp of memory on my. Well, this is basically the scene where um. He, he's talking to the, the uh, FBI agents. Yeah. And he, oh, I now remember. This is what we yeah. talking about with the war on drugs. Where it's like, we don't actually want to arrest these people. We want to keep the money flowing. Exactly. Because this keeps, this pretty much lines our pockets. This gives us a job to have. If we go out actually arresting people, we won't have a job much right. longer. It's like, and, you really want to put Frank Lucas in jail? Mm-hmm. Right, it's like, that's what you really want to do? So yeah, Are well, you... we arrest bad guys here in Jersey. Oh, he said, don't fuck up the cash cow. He exactly. said, this is a new thing in the Garden State. You know, we actually are, it's called arresting bad guys. And check in before you come here. Don't, I don't want you to get hurt. I want you to make sure it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> fuck us. Turn my pages, bitch. <laughs> Turn my pages, bitch. <laughs> and then you got to see where he go talk to his folks that's in the mob. And in the 70s, a microwave oven was obviously a brand new thing. Yeah, and the boy just started dry stitching, basically, where he's trying to convince Richie to quit. Leave him he, alone. Yeah, leave that man alone. We eating off this now, so we not too, too mad at him. Right. So, by then, he's, he starts dry stitching. He's doing that thing where you see in high school where motherfuckers just be talking too much. Yeah. Where just, they don't even realize they're telling, but they're snitching because they're just talking so much. People would do that shit all the time. They would think, like, uh, people like Sergeant Peters and Sergeant Harris was their friends to the point where they could just talk to him, talk to him, talk to him. Now, retroactively, you end up telling. By the time, and I used to just sit in the middle, it's like, yo, you don't even realize what you're doing, but you're just giving them all the tape because right. you won't shut the fuck up. And that's what this guy's sitting here, the wise guy, that's what he's doing. 
No, for sure. Then by the end straight, of like, it, why would you risk our friendship? Yeah, why would you risk our friendship by trying to bribe me? <laughs> why would you do that? And then by the end of it, he's like, Rich, you don't have a choice. Just leave Frank Lucas alone. Frank Lucas? Yeah. Oh, that's what I need to get? Bet. That's exactly what I'm going Thank to Thank you, bitch. <laughs> my man. My man. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, what do you see? what happened? The next scene is the uh, no, uh, I want to I want to stay on there because the important thing is now we know that there's money on Richie's head. Basically, like people are going to try and kill Richie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So now Richie ha- literally has nothing to lose. The cops don't like him, and the streets don't like you either. You have nothing to lose. And he's very on edge because he know he got a target on his back. So even when somebody's coming behind him with a summons in the street, he pulled throw him down and put a gun to him. Like, what the fuck? He's about to beat his ass. He's about to beat his ass. He says, You name Richie Roberts? Yeah. Well, you've been served. I was cracking the fuck <laughs> you've up. You've been served. Oh man. I, I like I said, I was watching uh marriage story last night. Now I hate the sound of it. I hate that fucking phrase now. You've been served. <laughs> Sounds so fucking nut grab you. It's like ha, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> I gotta check that joint out, matter of fact. Yeah, definitely do that. Definitely do that. It's a good time. It's a good time. <clears throat> but the movie is more the movie General Home that Richie is a piece of shit. Yeah. Whereas the, uh, the, the next court scene, right? Yep. What are you saying? That, that because you were honest and, and you, you didn't take money like every other cop, I left you? No, you don't take money for one reason to buy being dishonest about everything else. And that's worse than taking money nobody gives a shit about. No drug money, gambling money nobody's going to miss. You know, I'd rather you took it and, and, and been honest with me. Or don't take it, I don't care. But, but then don't go cheat on me. Don't cheat on your kid by never being around. Don't go out and get laid by your snitches and your secretaries and strippers. Now, I can tell by just looking, she's one of them. You, you think you're going to heaven because you're honest, but you're not. You're going to the same hell as the crooked cops you can't stand. You're going to the same hell they going. Right. You think because you don't take drug money that makes you a good person. You think I hate you because you can take the drug money? No, nah, nigga. I would right. rather you took it to, so you can go be with your fucking family and right. actually be a stand-up guy. But you won't stop cheating. You won't stop lying. You won't stop abandoning us, all that shit. It's like, oh. That's so what you yeah. get for getting a mom from Spy Kids pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, Richie is a real piece of shit here. He bullshit. And, and then she completely destroyed his defense attorney. Yeah, I could tell by looking at it. She's one. Of, you're fucking her. She's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did do it. A lot, actually. We seen y'all. We, we I caught was y'all doing phone, it. Like, we caught y'all doing the nasty. We saw it. <laughs> oh, for sure. The nasty. <laughs> <laughs> doing the do. <laughs> I'm cracking the fuck up. But Next then, scene, um, we see Denzel turn into a hermit. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because Richie redeems himself by the end of that scene where he's, first of all, he's on his deathbed, so he has nothing left to lose. And he's just like, you know what? Right. You know what? She's right. I'm not fit to be a parent. She can have him. And then it's like, I've all my chips in. I'm, I'm cool, whatever. He and says, take him to on. Vegas. I'll come see him when I can. And then the next scene, you see uh, Frank being a hermit. He, he's yeah, he delirious. Yeah, he's going delirious. He's paranoid. He's scared for his life. All this money, and he even says it roundabout way, it was like more money, more problems. Like all this money ain't make shit better. It only made things worse. Bumpy ain't hardly ever go out no more. At a certain point, he stayed in the house. 
watch TV, play chess, read the newspaper. I thought he was just trying to lead the quiet life, but no, nah, he, he couldn't go nowhere. Not without something happening. Frankie, mm -hmm. we can still go out. With who? Where? Well, but I know it's under surveillance. Christmas time with my family being here no more. Why? Why don't you just pay who you have to pay? I do pay, baby. I pay everybody. I pay doctors, lawyers, dope dealers, crooks, cops. I pay everybody. I pay them more than they should get. I can't satisfy nobody. It's like dope, you know? Everybody's strung out. The more you give them, the more they want. They expect more. We don't do nothing for Frank. You're boring. He said, boring. Oh, you want to go out? You want to go out? Took that bitch to a Chinese store. <laughs> Get the cook pot chicken and orange with the sauce. I was cracking up with the yellow up. sauce, and then you see the mob put a hit out on not even his life, but his wife. His Somebody wife cares in life. Yeah, and that's where Frank Hubris just goes full extent, where he's like, "They they tried me, they tried me, so now I gotta get their asses." Whole time his wife and is on the next. She on the next chapter. She's like, "We're leaving." Yeah, she he has multiple chances to get out, and he's just like, no, fuck that. We ain't leaving Harlem. I am Harlem. He's I am Harlem. Arrogant. Harlem taking hits on your ass. Leave while you ahead, bro. Right. Streets <laughs> don't love nobody. And she, she like, we're going to uh my country. We're going back to where I come from. We're gonna go chill. They like, no, we ain't leaving no fucking Harlem. He and, kicked um, everybody out, first of all, because his brother and them was ready to go kill Nick Eunice. He was just dick eating him. Now you want to kill him. His brother was mad hot to go uh kill Nick. <laughs> Yeah, kill whoever. Want to go smoke whoever? And um, <clears throat> he said, "All right, all y'all get out of here. I'm good. I'm fine. Go. It's Christmas. Go be home with your families. Yeah, go be with your families. Go be with your families." Man. That nigga said, That's "This what, is uh, America. I'm not leaving, and you ain't." The next, leaving. uh, the next important thing is, I think the TV station playing that the war is ending. Yeah, everybody's coming home. And now at this point, he has to push all his chips, and where he's making one final play where I want everything. I he want said, two thousand keys in the air. First of all, he called him again, and he's he answers in Korean again. He like, <laughs> well, first of all, we we skipping the scene where he bumping heads with the old head, the Italian. I'm more enlightened than some of my friends. I can guarantee you peace of mind. That's what you told me, Dominic. I can guarantee you peace of mind. I don't feel so peaceful. Huh? They tried to kill my wife. Who was that? Huh? Maybe it was one of your peoples. I don't know yet. You don't know? No. You don't know. I tell you what I know. Maybe I should just uh, put 500 guns out there on the street and just start shooting up some people just to make a point. Frank was a junkie, right? He was a rival. Some dumbass kid trying to make a name for himself. Yeah. Someone you forgot to pay off. Someone you slighted without even realizing it. Could be someone you put out of business for being so successful. Look at you. <laughs> Success. It's got enemies, right? Lots of enemies. So your success took a shot at you. What are you gonna do now? Are you gonna kill it? You gonna become unsuccessful? Frank, we can be successful and have enemies, right? We can be unsuccessful too. You know, we can have friends. That's the choice we make. I don't very peaceful right now. No, I do not. <laughs> that just basically... And, uh, damn, yeah. fact, when he was arguing with him, the TV's still running about how the soldier's coming home. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, All right, fuck you. I'll kill you later. I got to get on the phone. <laughs> right. He said, you know what? I'm coming over there right now. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, because he called his cousin. He getting a fucking massage. At his spot. He said, the war's <laughs> over, baby. Said, what we you all, mean? We we all, all done. Home. He said, I did 2,000 keys in the air right now. Uh, Frank, we can't do that. He said, do what I said. Matter of fact, I'm coming over there now. He <laughs> said, you're, you're coming right now. I'm on my way, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga getting overnight flights to Korea or Vietnam on a whim. Awesome. Hey, who do you think you are? <laughs> and they turn his brother driver right to an informant next thing. Yeah, a little a fucking junkie. Fucking crackhead. <laughs> um, yeah, Jimmy high ass. Pull right up on him. He high shit chasing that girl out the house and then shoots her in the back. He's like, oh, we got you, bitch. We got you, bitch. What you do that for, dumbass? He's sitting there crying and shit. What you do with my shit, bitch? <laughs> First of all, he probably skitsing because he needs another fix. That's all it is. And he was having withdrawals. And then they get the wire on them. And they get the uh, drop of where the ship the shipment going to be. Yep. And the cops is like, ain't no fucking parking lots like that. Nigga, they coming by air. That's why. It's a, it's a plane. Motherfucker, they flying the dope in. Exactly. And that's where Richie get the warrant. Richie get the warrant. But that's when um, Richie's searching the, uh, the, the military planes. plane. It's juxtaposed with uh, Thanos kicking in. Um, Frank's Denzel's door house. searching his shit. Yeah. Basically uh, looking for the now that he know the war is looking over, for his money. Yeah. Yeah. He, he looking for his disappearance money. Yeah, he like Frank about to get arrested. And, and then he smacked his um smacked his, his girl and killed his, his wife. Sit his wife and sit your ass down. He's like, Frank's gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> hey, he ain't go too far. He ain't smack mama. Yeah, Frank ain't gonna do shit. Frank about to go to jail. And then to just drive home. This is a bad guy. He goes and shoots the dog. It's like, it's like, no, just to let real. you know, he's really, he's really a bad guy. You know, anytime someone hits an innocent animal, they're like, oh, you evil prick, you gotta go. Right. And found his disappearance money. Yeah, it was under the dog. That's fucked but, up, man. Yeah, and then it's, it's heavily suggested that the dope was being hid in the in the caskets, but in it the never, caskets. It never um. Did it, right it didn't unveil it didn't reveal it yet to the movie's credit it made you wait on it but you know how un-american it is right to, right to defile why did you search the casket in front of them in front of them like what did you think was going to happen you thought he was going to let you do that and then it's going to have a whole fucking lawsuit against you even if they did find something in there right you defiling it is that like you said how un-american it is for you to just go searching dead soldiers people who gave their lives put Protecting this country's values. You digging in there looking for drugs. That's stomach looking turning. Drugs. You nasty bitch. And that's how his friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's my shit First right all, there. <laughs> Richie isn't even comfortable with it, but he's just doing police work. Where it's like this is basically his version. Of, I'm just following orders at this shit because the cop, yeah. the cop, the captain pulls up on him. He's like, "No, you not." And he's like, "I don't need your permission at this point, officer." It says it right I there. Got there. <laughs> <laughs> I got a warrant. I got a warrant. That nigga, that's his favorite word to end of this movie. I got it. Then it shows up. Uh, it shows up. Yeah, racism in America. That's basically what this next scene is. Where it's like yeah. they don't want to believe the white people can't believe that a black person is able to get that much power. Then he calls him a fucking kike. Yeah, which is a Jewish slur. He's like, a fucking kike. Yeah. Are you serious? I fucking kill you. <laughs> Hold me back. Uh, 
Hold me, yeah, hold me back. Hold me back. Hey, you, you lucky he stopped me. I ought to kick your ass. I fucking kike, how dare you? <laughs> and then he come back to the, he's like, hey, make sure you don't let, he's like, oh, we, we, we got him around there following the uh, caskets. Yeah, don't lose them fucking caskets, though. Yeah, yeah. But um, what that is, like, that American exceptionalism popping up again. And American exceptionalism is essentially the theory that Americans have where everything that happens in America is so much greater than the rest of the world. Or, transversely, yeah. Americans' problems are so unique to America that no one else has a solution. Like I was talking about, we should implement what the Dutch countries do with their opioid crisis into ours and would help ours. You know I'm saying, But Americans have this transfigured idea that we're so great in our own independence. And we it works both ways. And it works both ways when you see people trying to demonize America as if we're the only country to ever commit war crimes and shit like that. Right. If anything, we expunge your war crimes. Real rap. I tell people all the time, the only reason uh, the only reason Germany paid reparations to the Jews is because they lost the war. That's the only reason that shit happened. It was forced to. It ain't like they did this shit out of the kindness of their heart. If they don't want it, went, went down that smooth. Real rap. Great Britain is still lying about colonizing Africa. Yep. Still to this day. Yep. But, you know, uh, uh, but let people tell it, America is the only place that lies about history. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving right along. American exceptionalism. But so then they they staking out and they get one of the trucks from one of uh Frank's businesses. That that's him. That's Jimmy Lucas, the baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> That nigga said, that's Steven Lucas. <laughs> that's Major League right there. Like, you dumb ass. You should have played baseball, but you wanted to be down. You wanted to be a dick eater. And now, look, y'all getting scraped. <laughs> and, they, and they got it red-handed. They got the the, cas- the Coke in the caskets. Coke, heroin in the caskets. Dope. They got the dope in the caskets, and they following that shit, basically. Yeah, because you know, it's like, this whole scene fuck is Fuck so the money, visual. follow the drugs. Yeah. Yeah. This whole scene, scene is so visual, really we can't, you know? It's like, fuck the money. We don't need the money at this point. We need hand-to-hand transactions now. And that's going to take us to exactly where we need to go. Exactly. So they got the war and they invaded the projects. And the next scene is, I don't, I don't, I don't really like the next scene. Whereas his mom is just being adversarial for the sake of being adversarial. Yeah, very true. Yeah, because uh, Thanos kicks in your door and broke up your house, slapped his girlfriend, and you basically tell him, this is not a, a good cop. This is he not coming someone, back from Vietnam. Hey, this is not this is not a good cop at all. And you like don't retaliate because he's a cop. It's like everyone knows you don't shoot cops, and she slaps him. It's like she is like Bye. she will leave you. I will leave you. I ain't going there. I ain't want to get to that point yet. I'm but like, it's like damn. I don't. I'm talking more so about the mom's decisions. Like I don't. It doesn't make sense to me why she would go in so hard for this cop that just disrespected you in your own house. She wasn't going so hard for him. She trying to protect her son because once you go protect that far, son. you can't go back from it. You kill a cop, yeah. is lit. Yeah, Frank is irredeemable with that point because he's yeah. basically ignoring his mom. And the movie is, she is framed as her talking to Frank, but he's really talking to the uh, the audience that may, for some backward ass reason, still rooting for Frank by this point. And think like, he should kill the cop, or think he's the shit. It's like, hey, she will leave you. Your family will leave you. Ain't nobody gonna be here yeah. if you go over this deep end. And, and that's exactly what happened. You see, Frank. That's all it was. By the end of the movie, when he gets out of jail, he's alone and lost. <laughs> Very lost. But yeah, the dope is in the casket. Richie makes this is the end of the movie, basically. That's Richie what I'm saying. They they invade, they invade the projects. 
the job turkey ass uh, cop going there, guns blazing. <laughs> the irony of this just happened to be a Sunday, and the fact that Frank took his wife and mom to church while his like whole invasion is getting destroyed. Yeah, I love when movies, well, uh, my boss do that. Like they juxtapose uh, the church and being expunged of your sins with bust, or even when Godfather, Godfather one. I already know. I already know the when Christmas he kills all them, uh, all that shit with uh, when he gets baptized and he killing everybody yeah, that might have might have been fucked up or might cause some fucked up shit to go down. He just axing them out, axing them out, axing them out, axing them out. Then uh, this scene is like. Rebuke your sins and all that shit, but it's marked with them getting arrested. Everything is going down. All the this, members this of his family. This is you burning in the fire pit of hell for your sins. All, all the members of his family, all the drug spots, red top, all of them. Some people died. I know the jive turkey caught a couple bodies. <laughs> yep. Shit, even T.I. got killed. I'm laughing like a motherfucker because at that scene when they when they bust Frank and they put his mom and shit back in the house. The job turkey right there next to the other two cops. Closing the <laughs> and he, door. And he up there proud as shit in the front. And when I watched with my girl, my girl's like, that's fucking coon. <laughs> <laughs> she been around your dumb ass too long. I was like, why are you mad at her me doing this job? That's what you're supposed to do. Because you want Denzel to win, nigga. Yeah, I'm about to think you want Denzel. That's all it is. You race trader. Job turkey. Race trader. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Richie definitely did with the swamp water, combing his yeah. hair back. <laughs> He's just you. sitting there in front of that car. <laughs> over Frank. Yeah, like, over Frank. He got you. Fuck you. One of them. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing you got, he shitting in his pants in the bathroom trying to get ready for the trial. He tries to buy out Richie, and of course it doesn't work. And then he goes and smacks the fucking. Oh, I love that, that, that scene. Fire. That scene. Oh, that scene's amazing. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, man, when I think about when I was six years old and those police in Greensboro, North Carolina came and snatched my cousin, tied him to a pole and shot. Oh, I didn't give a fuck about, I didn't give a fuck about. Oh, my God, I don't give a fuck about now. What the <laughs> damn? Yeah. We've been I waiting on this. We've been waiting yeah. on this. We're waiting for Denzel to go be Denzel. Go be Denzel. And um, my man. There's <laughs> another line. Another line. Another bar gets dropped where he's like, Frank, you upset some people, and by people, I mean white people. They don't like what you represent. He said, what you mean? I represent an independent bit? No, nigga, you represent progress. What you not thinking? This right. is chess, motherfucker. Right. You might think Harlem likes you, but the important people don't give a fuck about you, because at the end of the day, you just a nigga. You just a nigga. Like, woo. Racism still in America. Still nigga. Right, still nigga. Rich nigga, poor nigga, black nigga, still nigga. That's that shit right there. Let me go put on them nut ass glasses when he started snitching. Like, what you trying to see? Yeah, because really? I, I feel him on there. He said, what, "What you want? What you want? Gangsters? Shit, you can no. have fuck them. Right? Fuck them." He said, I'm a, "No, but I want them cops. I, I want, want the them cops. cops." And then that's who Richie really wanted too. Richie yeah. really wanted the cops. He was now, really trying to pay tough. He said, "What can you guarantee me?" I can guarantee that if you leave out one name, one dollar, one offshore account, you'll never get out of prison. I'm I can like, guarantee hey. you that. I can guarantee you will never see Bond, motherfucker. So, you know, real shit. All right. And this is the rat montage. Yeah, and you go put them fucking glasses on. What you need to see who you were selling drugs to at this point, Frank? The, the, Fuck the you need glasses for. You ain't wearing glasses this whole fucking movie. Now you got and glasses. I, I love the fact that they got the uh, dirty cop from New York, blew his brains out. That boy did not want to go to like prison. A bitch. 
Put out like a bitch ass nigga. First of all, he's gonna be in jail with all the motherfuckers he been uh, crossing and wrong and this shit. Kills I thought himself. I thought Thanos was inevitable. You don't kill yourself. <laughs> like bitch ass nigga. Fuck out of here, boy. <laughs> boy. <laughs> yeah, fuck out of here, nigga. This nigga laughing at the fuck up with the cops being the informant. Trupo. That's his name in this yeah, fucking Tru- movie. That Trupo. is his name, Trupo, yeah. Fuck him. And uh Yeah. That's that's then they start getting all movie, cool though. by the end. Yeah, that's they start getting saying. all they cool by the end. They start dab- start dabbing. It's like you snitch ass nigga. He <laughs> even picked him up from jail in 1991. They represented him in court. Yep. They represented him in court. Damn. You get to pay to pay off Richie's a lawyer, you know, all that shit. A, a crawl pops up because it's the end of the movie. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Basically, all of this scene serves is the fact that he's been in jail for 15 years. The world changed so much by the 90s. The crack epidemic hit. Everything has come. He's just looking at these people. He's like, man, he, I used to own he this. Just, he lost in the world. He's like, yeah, yeah, nigga, once you got jail, you went back to being a loser. You're not going back to being on Everybody time. left. His wife went back to Puerto Rico. His mom went back to North Carolina. All his cousins, family still in jail. They, and they haven't spoken in years. And he just, he said, I stopped talking to him. They know why. And then he just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, he, he getting out of jail in his 60s, having to start over. And the streets got no love for him. They it's the 90s. Like, right. It's At this point, the, the young niggas don't got no respect for OGs. This ain't that era no more. They don't even know who you are. Yeah. They don't even know who he is. They don't realize this is Richie Roberts and Frank Lucas. <laughs> but Denzel definitely stood his ground. He's like, I guess they ain't yeah, no said, smarter. Just because you don't know no better don't mean I won't bust your ass, nigga. <laughs> that's the end of the movie. And that's the end of the movie. That's been American, American Gangster. What are you giving it? Uh, I'm giving that a 4.5 out of 5. I was leaning in the same way. I was leaning in the same way. I feel like... It, it, um, it had minor flaws that would make me drop it from a 5, but it was a really How many good perfect movie. movies do we have? Gone Girl and Godfather, right? That was the only perfect Godfather movie. Godfather was right? a per- Let me think. Uh, I mean... More than likely, yes. More than likely, yes. I think Gone Girl, I probably could re- Whiplash. I think I we both said I Whiplash. I don't think we gave it a five. I think we had a unanimous five with Whiplash. Maybe we did. I can't remember. That was long ago, bro. We've been working. Yeah, two months worth. Three months We've worth. We've been working, though. But, um... Shit. Maybe three or four, because we gave Get Out a five. I was going to give Get Out a five anyway, so I don't really count I, that. Yeah, you know you. you Honestly, know. I don't really count that. Cause I'm biased, but um, well, shit, nigga, I'm involved too, so it killed. I mean, I'm talking about for myself. Well, I'm saying, <laughs> but, was it a unanimous? Yeah. That's what we talk about. It was unanimous. Get out was unanimous. I think Gone Girl was unanimous. I think retroactively, I might score uh, Gone Girl a little bit lower. We gotta revisit that. We gotta we gotta do it right <laughs> eventually. Season two, but um, yeah. Yeah, I give it a four five. That's what I'm leaning to. They got minor flaws. They got minor flaws, but it doesn't really detract from the movie too much. It's nothing that takes away from it. It's just stuff that it it, it burns me up a little bit because I would have wished it was done a little different. I wish Ridley Scott would have stopped making shit after this. This has been a perfect walk off. I said that to you in a text the other day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, next week, catch us. And we, we called an audible because we kind of bantered about it where we were gonna do New Jack City because we did want to do a um uh a Wesley movie after we did a Denzel movie and New Jack City kind of fit, but we're doing an audible and we're gonna do Pursuit of Happiness. Cry baby ass pursuit of happiness. And all I remember is sadness. 
bro. So you remember the little darkness, movie. my old friend. No, real <laughs> shit, bro. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna holla at you next week. Rap niggas nowadays, prima donna like they runway models. Think they shit don't stink? Let that AK wink and teardrop for all y'all. Dead on the rival, made the calls for all y'all. Raise the flame and cook it just like an entree. One of Mr. Cater to him like Beyonce. These famous niggas ain't thorough fucking talking about. Rather be broken, be a man than how they acting now. Seem requirements for famous, be a little nigga. Mad niggas claim to play with keys like they little richer. I find solace in the fact that they ain't fucking with me. All my dollars put the L's is taking does with me. Being famous, I don't know no more. All the shit that ever made me came from being piss poor. Uh, I couldn't go and roam free no more. Couldn't pull up to my granny little street no more. Couldn't live my Life in private, just be me no more. Couldn't walk around the mall and be alone no more. Can't take my mind to Olive Garden just to eat no more. Couldn't even trust a bitch and fall in love no more. Shit. But on the flip, I could rock that and cop that. Drive this and fuck that. Get mine this and throw that. Fuck up hella checks and get it right back. Damn, it's hard to fight that confliction in my heart. What's the right path? Do you wanna be Hey, man.